You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating a Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers, and today I am here with frontman of the Wolven power metal band Lycanthro, James Delbridge. How's it going, man? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been, um, I'm very much looking forward to finally talking to you after us, um, you know, DMing on Instagram about anime and stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. So yeah, I'm cool. excited to, to, um, to finally, um, to finally put a face to all the, all the messages about Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I got to love that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, absolute pleasure, man. Uh, you know, I've I've been following you for a while, man. Like the, the band, like Anthro, is awesome. I love what you guys do, but I love like you know you're clearly a really sociable guy as well. I've I've caught a few episodes of your own like podcast talk show type thing, man. So yeah, I really love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, man. I try. I need to start doing the Wolfpack Live again. It's been a while. It's just because you know it was very much holidays and yeah and uh stuff like um yeah pretty much that you know it's end of the year uh-huh. is when everyone just turns everything off so totally man yeah. yeah yeah i know how it goes for sure well i mean just to just to kick things off um then and and we can go from there uh would you be able to just give like a bit of an overview as to who you are and and what you do yes yeah yeah so uh my name is james delbridge i am the frontman and one of the guitar players for the Canadian power metal, heavy power metal band Lycanthro, which we're not entirely Canadian anymore. Like I always say we're Canadian based, but we also have some members in the States too. So mm-hmm. I guess some um, multinational ish, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, we, um, you know, we play, yeah, we play like sort of old schoolish style power metal with um, sort of like a mixture of like Manowar and Blind Guardian mixed with like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, sort of like trad metal mixed with power metal and stuff like that. Nice. And um, yeah, I also do the I run Wolfpack Live, the um, the live Instagram show from our Instagram page where I talk to like some of our favorite musicians. Um, I also do composing for film, all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Pretty busy guy, right? Yeah. That's cool stuff, man. Re- really cool. Lo- lots for us to get into. Um, I suppose like the main big project, I suppose is Lycanthro, right? That's Absolutely. your, that's, that's the baby. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the baby. That's the dream, you know? <laughs> cool, man. So let, let's just talk a bit about like Anthro then, especially for people that might not have heard of you. Um, you guys, uh, if I'm right in thinking you had, uh, an EP first and then you've got a full length album that came out, uh, last year, was it? Uh, uh 2021. Oh, 20, 21. Oh yeah. We've yeah, just changed. It's 2021 it came out. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. 
Uh, and then there was no, a I single. I keep thinking it's recently. 2022 still. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't yeah set the clocks yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, cool man. Like talk us over those releases and um, and you know the kind of vibe that you guys have as well. I love that there's a kind of theme with your music with with the wolves and and all of that stuff, man. So I'd love to get a bit more of a picture of, of the concept for the band and and your Sweet. releases. Well, um, okay, well, in that case, uh, so Lycanthro started when, um, so like, I'm, first of all, I'm not actually that old. I'm only 24. So Lycanthro started when I was like 18, I think, or 19. It was so pretty much how the band came to be was I, um, when I was in high school, you know, I had like the typical, you know, high school band and we had a really edgy name and stuff like that. We were called Death Wish. And, uh, and, uh, what happened was that, you know, typical when you're a kid, you know, band breaks up, you all end up, you know, you all end up hating each other. Although I'm on good terms <laughs> with the, with the old, with those old guys now, but, uh-huh. um, but yeah, no, uh, like Anthro, uh, started kind of from the ashes of that band because I, some of our songs are actually songs that I begin, that I started writing when I was, when death wish was a thing, but, mm-hmm. um, Pretty much, yeah, what happened is after my high school band broke up, when I like just got into college, I uh, put together a new band, and I wanted to have... I've always had a huge affinity for wolves, and I've always loved werewolf films and stuff like that, you know, like The Howling and American Werewolf yes. in London and stuff like that. So I thought, like, that would be a cool sort of um, uh, image for the band visually, because, and sort of like... And I always kind of akin it to... Because pe- people people since have asked us all the time. They're like, oh, are you influenced by Power Wolf? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I like Power Wolf. Don't it's get me wrong. Like, but yeah, I didn't yeah. discover them until like much later. And mm-hmm. then so, but I, but in terms of our image, it's much more of like, you know, they're like the, like the sort of have like the, all the religious imagery and all the sort of like mm-hmm. very high polished artwork and stuff like that. Us, I wanted to go more for like the grimy kind of, Sort of, we're still melodic and power metal, but sort of like a, we're like a grimy street werewolves kind oh, of yeah. image, almost like sort of like 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 if like like a sabotagey kind of image, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, um, but yeah. So there was that, and then when I put together this new lineup, the first few months we were together, we were still called Death Wish, right. but then. The story of how the name Lycanthro came to be was pretty funny where uh, when I was in college, there was a, there still is a record store in the nearby mall where I live, where I would take the bus to go to college. And, wow, um, cool. and if, and the thing is the, the transit system here in Ottawa is absolute horseshit. So can I, can I curse on here? By yeah, the way? yeah. Yeah. Speak freely, man. No okay. Worries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dog shit. So, yeah. <laughs> If I was there and the bus would be like, oh, it's um like half an hour or 45 minutes till the bus shows up. I'm like, uh, damn. So I would um I would go and look in the record store. And I remember one day I go there, I'm looking through the metal section, and I see an album, and it's from a British band actually, and they're <laughs> called Death Wish. Oh, and no. <laughs> and and the and the album was called At the Edge of Damnation. So uh, I naturally nice. bought it. <laughs> and cool, yeah, um, might as well check it out. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, no, but I, I, I looked them up on like Metal Archives. And they were like some old British thrash band from like the late 80s or something. But, I, but my first thought was, 
I found this in an Ottawa record store. So I need, we need to change the name. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. pretty much yeah. um, I had a bunch of different names in mind, but the reason I ended up picking Lycanthro was because want some sort of werewolf kind of name. And um, I remember I also wanted, and this was a bit of, you know, something that's sort of hard to do nowadays, but I wanted to have a name that no other band in the world had. And I looked and I did extensive research and there's no other band called Lycanthro. The closest thing I found was there's a punk band that I, that they're called Wolfpack with two K's at the end. Okay. And they had an album that was called Lycanthro dash punk, which is supposed to be on a play on words for Lycanthropy. Right. But right, um, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest thing I found. But um, cool, man. Yeah. So pretty much that's how the name stuck pretty much was because I just um, took the word lycanthrope and then took the P.E. off the end. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, it, it, it sticks perfectly, man. Really, really, really cool. And I think I think that that's that's really great to have. Yeah, the the theme, the name, the imagery, especially like uh, the album. You have have like the wolf, and the werewolf thing. I mean, I love that because I'm I'm sure like me, you know, I love the uh you know the kind of concepts and characters and themes and stuff like that within a band, and um, you know, a werewolf on you know nothing necessarily comes to mind other than as you say like power wolf as a name or whatever but aside from that you know to have this kind of werewolf theme and almost like character to it that's that seems quite unique to me man it's very cool Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, as oh sorry no 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 go for it man go for it oh no no i i i actually just had a brain fart so (laughs) (laughs) that's cool man that's cool well i just i just wanted to get into talking about your releases then so um the is is the first EP that you've got out? Is that the first thing you did, or um... no? Actually, cool. it's <laughs> it's fun because uh, again, a little we had a we had a little demo that we did when we first first started, and that has since been scrubbed from the internet because right. yeah, 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 it's one of those things of um, you know, it was really badly produced, and we were we didn't know anything about recording, and we did it in like our we did it in my dad's friend's basement. Nice. You know, yeah, and we, cool. <laughs> it, it, and it's funny because three of the four songs that were on the demo are on Mark of the Wolf, just right. very much like, very much like much yeah, better produced. produced. And we yeah, added yeah. stuff to it, better added parts, better written musically. But um, yeah, the, the, um, the demo we put out, it was just a, uh, little thing to like we, again we were just young and didn't know very much how the industry was somewhere <laughs> yeah so pretty much we um we did that and then we sort of but then ever since mark of the wolf came out i scrubbed it from the internet just because i'm it's one of those things where like i can't listen to it anymore it's just always just too embarrassing <laughs> i think a lot of us have have one my, of those yeah <laughs> uh, uh my friend um uh, Lindsay Schoolcraft, uh, from you know, uh, from obviously from Cradle of Filth and all that. Yeah, she yeah, kind yeah. of coined this term that very much described it. She calls it musical puberty, <laughs> where, where it's like you know, oh, you I love that. It's yeah, like yeah. your first release or two if you're in a band, 
usually is awful. You know, it's like, even uh-huh. if the songs, even if the songs are like not bad, mm-hmm. the production usually will you because you know your yeah. kids you don't have any money, so you're just like, man, I can get. It's like, yeah, I can bet I can get my buddy Johnny to mix it for free. You know, well, it's like it's like one of those of sorts of things, and then like you're not yeah. actually thinking about, oh, I need to get a. Like nowadays, I'm like, no, you need to get a pro to do this and that and pay them and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, cool, man. So, what, when do you remember roughly when you released that demo then? When we did the demo was um, 20 early, it was like 2017, I think. Yeah, right. it was um, early. Okay. It was like, it was towards the end of 2017. We did mm-hmm. the, we think we did the demo. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, then we pretty much just, you know, did the typical thing of we didn't even put have it on Spotify because, you know, we were kids. And we didn't even know how to get wow. on. It's, it was one of those things, you know, where it's like, you know, when you're a kid, like all these things are sort of normal to us now. It was like mind blowing. Like, oh, yeah. man, I wish I could get my stuff on Spotify. You know, yeah, it's like really um, easy. <laughs> but um, we, it was on like Bandcamp. That was like it. That was like our yeah. demo was on Bandcamp. And, uh, we just we didn't even have an Instagram yet. I think we just mm-hmm. had just a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, it's just you know, just kids figuring stuff out. Yeah, but, so um, very much like a local band at this stage, and you guys are yeah. really young as well. And were you playing gigs at this time? Oh yeah, like that was our main thing. Was yeah. th- that's yeah, one of the yeah. things that we've sort of stepped back from mm-hmm. since. Which again, it's not out of the fact that I don't want to. It's just mm-hmm. you know circumstances. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, we were we were very much a live band before the the pandemic because we were playing lots of shows here in Ottawa and out of town. Like we would play a lot in Toronto and mm-hmm. sometimes in Montreal if we could get a show there because um, it's 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 difficult for um for a band from Ontario to get a show in Montreal because they very much value their own scene of like, you know, the metal, the Quebecois mm-hmm. metal stuff, which, you know, I, I get, I, I understand. Imagine. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, we, um, we got a lot of good opportunities here in town to play with a bunch of, you know, bigger bands to get in front of like a bigger audience because mm-hmm. again, at least before the pandemic, we used to actually get some really decent tours through here. And um, mm-hmm. since we were sort of the only power metal or melodic metal band in town. We always right. got to play with them. Like we've Great. gotten to play with um at least before the EP came out, we got to play with like diamond head and, oh, okay. um, and a few others of that nature, you know, we got to open mm-hmm. for some bigger bands later, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's like some of the classic stuff like diamond head and blaze Bailey blaze Bailey was our very first wow, big cool, show was opening for, for him. So we nice. got we got to um we were very much like established ourselves as sort of like the the local power metal band that played with like that opened like the big ish cool. like club shows of like some of the bigger melodic bands touring through so nice yeah that's really cool man Re- yeah yeah that's a it's a cool place to be <laughs> there are mm-hmm. there is a lot of great bands though in that kind of uh sort of um ontario scene as it were right oh yeah there is there's um like the, the thing i find funny because um the, the it depends on the city like there's lots of great bands in toronto obviously mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of great bands musicians scattered all throughout ontario mm-hmm. it's just um unfortunately because of the pandemic again 
the yeah, Ottawa yeah. scene isn't what it used to be, unfortunately. So, but we used mm. we used to have we used to have a lot of really great bands here too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's probably the case worldwide, as you say. It was quite. Oh a, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> yeah, quite a climactic event. Yeah, cool. So, okay, so what changed then from if you were doing that in 2017 and made the demo? What changed to evolve you guys to making like a properly produced EP the next year? Yeah, well, what happened was it was because so I um I went to recording school actually uh, cool. like very shortly after the the demo was made. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the the demo was actually made uh, like a, a while after I graduated high school and I was starting college, and I went to college for for music and specifically recording. And, um, and then I remember making a joke thinking like saying like, man, I've only been here a week and I've already learned more of how to record things than we did in the fucking demo, you know? So pretty much (laughs) the whole idea with the EP kind of stemmed from, um, me going to recording school and learning all these things and like the ins and outs of recording and stuff like that. But even then, like, even then the EP still like didn't go up to that level of yeah professional recording that you know we that we would have liked you know because again we were still figuring stuff out but that one the ep was very ambitious for a band that we of our size because we we when we put it out it was very much our old guitar player our very first one that we had aside from me um he had this idea of um of like having like a song based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I'm just like, I'm, and I made the joke. I'm like, eh, Metallica already did it, you know, <laughs> but I kind of, I came up with the idea of a, why not a whole release and yeah, have it be yeah. like a pseudo concept e- album or EP, even though there's not really any interweaving story, but it was like each song would be, it'd be four songs and each yeah, song would be based length. on the different horsemen. Mm-hmm. And we thought that was a cool idea, so we ran with it. But what I mean by it being really overly ambitious is because for a small band just starting out, I think uh, three of the four songs on the EP go over the seven-minute mark, which is nuts. So I mean, one of them is fantastic. Hold on, let me double check. Pale Rider, the last Pale track. Rider, yeah. That's a 13 <laughs> minutes, 45. I, dude, I love that track. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I'm very proud of that one. That That's a song. Pale Rider is a song that eventually um, I want us to do maybe like a re-release or a remaster or nice. re-recording yeah, 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 of, yeah. of some of these Mark of the... Not Mark of the it's Wolf. It's a great some of song, these, man. Such an adventure. Yeah, like a lo- some of those songs like were... I, I'm very proud of them. I'm surprised, surprised that I wrote at that age. And yeah, so we yeah, figured yeah. we would, I figured at some point in the future, we as like a bonus track or a special single or something to put out, like we'll re-record some of those songs with the new lineup nice. and give it the production that it deserves, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you're literally like, what, 1920 at this point or something? Yeah, I mean, now yeah. or at this point? No, 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 then. Oh. Then at that point, <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, I was like, you I was said like, you're 24 yeah, like, now. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was just like 20, 20. I was like, yeah, 20, 21, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a good effort. All right. Well, talk me through the production process then. You said you were learning how to do it. Did you record it all yourself? Did you mix it yourself? Uh, what was that like? We tried to at first, but then mm-hmm. like, we tried to at first, but then but the thing was, it was because again, since we're, since we were cheap, since yeah. we were kids, yeah, you know, yeah. 
we were like, cause when I was in school, we had like um, a, a certain amount each semester of free recording time in the studio, mm-hmm. but we were expected to, to use it for our assignments. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I was like, Nope, we're using it for our, well, I, I handed in demos of our songs as a, as That's the it. assignments, believe That's it or not. Yeah, so yeah. we pretty much demoed it there, but mm-hmm. we, when we recorded it, we went to, um, one of my professors actually had his own studio and obviously because we're called Lycanthro, we have to go to this place. It was called Wolf Lake Studios. Oh, yeah. oh man. And it was we thought be, it was yeah. cool because it was in the, it was this studio that was literally in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere. Oh man. Like yeah, it was, it's that. on the Quebec side and it's nice. up in, it's like up in the Quebec mountains and when oh, you yeah. drive and it's this really cool road trip. And whenever you drive up there, you know, it's it's like this again, this cabin in the middle of nowhere. And in the basement, there is like this full on like professional recording studio. Damn. And we would what we did was we uh we all pulled money together and we uh did this thing they did called the weekend special where we would be there for three days and we like sleep over in the studio too. Sweet. So we were there yeah. from like f- the beginning, we were there from like Friday afternoon to like Sunday evening, you know, it was just straight recording the whole time. So that's when we did, that's what we did. Uh, four horsemen was when we, when we were in the studio for that. And, uh, yeah. And Mike obviously was, uh, Mike bond was my old, um, uh, professor and he's great. He's a local guy here in Ottawa and, uh, Mm -hmm. he's fantastic. And so, yeah, so that's kind of what was our first exposure to like sort of a professional recording environment was that in there. That sounds like an awesome experience, man. Like, really it cool. was, I love it, that. it was, but it was also very uncomfortable because where we had <laughs> to sleep was we had to sleep on the live room floor with the drum set still set up and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And okay, I remember yeah. I barely got any sleep. So, yeah, and I also had, cool. I also had vivid memories of like, cause the, the way the studio was, is that when you walk downstairs, there was like sort of a common room that wasn't uh-huh. at all like put together at all. Mm-hmm. And it had like a fridge and a microwave and stuff like that. And then there were two separate doors on the right and the left side. And the one on the right went into the, the control room and the one on the left was to the live room. Mm-hmm. And since it's in the middle of the country, I have vivid memories of, you know, getting up before everybody else because I didn't sleep at all. And then eating like microwave breakfast uh, in this sort of common area. And then since we were in the country, I very much remember seeing like, like there was like, there was like where I was sitting and I have my, like had like my laptop there watching YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a little shelf in front of me. And I just vividly remember a mouse popping its head out of the shelf. Uh, no. eyeing my breakfast. <laughs> and, then, and then I look at it, I go, no, no. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, it's mine. And he like, then runs away. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of experience. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. And as well, I guess you probably would have recorded your vocals on like, the last day or something. So if if you hadn't been sleeping and all that, that must yeah, have been a challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was that was the tough part with it. With it was recording the vocals without having any sleep because I don't. Yeah. I'm someone that I don't like do well if it's like if if it's like on a hard floor or something like that. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. There's got to be a challenge. I mean, fair fair play for them running the weekend special, but yeah, it would have been great if they at least had some. Uh, 
some mats or something, some blow up beds. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's cool, man. So, um, I, I wanted to ask actually, in Pale Rider, are you singing all the vocals, or is there another vocalist there? Uh no, no. That we we had um we had a guest vocalist on there because um so, yeah. well because one of the things we found out was um so. In, if we live in Ottawa, sort of the hometown heroes of metal are Exciter, right, and cool. they're they're like the big band from Ottawa. And um, when we were at a show, we played um, we played a show. Um, it was opening for Flotsam and Jetsam, actually. I think. Cool. And uh, we had saw this guy come up to us, this bald dude. He goes, "Hey guys, that was a great show." Blah blah. And I'm like, "You look really familiar." And it turns out it was Jacques Belanger who he was one of the Exciter vocalists. Nice. And so awesome. I asked him if he wanted to do this song with us. And he said yes. So that was that's kind of how that turn came out. So he did sort of like some guest vocals on there. And we thought it was cool because we all like we looked up to Exciter a lot. So Yeah. That's that's wicked, man. It came out great, man. I lo- I love the dynamic his his voice brought. Yeah, it was mm. really cool. All right, so then, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one. Obviously, that that's where we had some big changes going on in the oh, world. Yeah. What 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 was the journey for you guys as a band between the EP and then moving towards the album? And uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the thing was, it was we. Um, it was very much like sort of doing the thing of like, as I said, we were still like trying to get a little bit more savvy with social media and we were playing more and more places. Like, um, like we got to open for some bigger bands here. Like we got to play with like unleash the archers and battle beast and Hammerfall too, which was really crazy. And like, obviously just playing as much as we could here and in Toronto and wherever we got Mm. to, um, like playing some weird places like Newfoundland or whatever. But, mm. um, but yeah, no, but like, it was, it was very much like, it was very much like we, we were like, we were kind of not taking our time, but like the, the, um, the first actual album was still being written over this time. So we recorded it. Um, we went back to Wolf Lake to record at least the instrumentals Mm-hmm. And we did that, like, um, and then me learning my lesson from last time, I didn't actually do the vocals that weekend. So what I did right. was I came back to the studio on my own after mm-hmm. I'd actually had sleep in my own bed <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. went and just went for like a day just to record the vocals while I was, you know, mm-hmm. in a good way. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it was, um, it was very much again just us sort of figuring stuff out. Like ironically, we oh and oh, I forgot something. But between uh, the album and the EP and the album, we also got signed to a label, which we were surprised about. Like not a big oh. one, but it was still mm-hmm. a. Um, we got signed to, um, and we're still with them. We still they're called um, Alone Records. They're a record label out of Greece. Mm-hmm. And they mainly oh, specialize cool. in like melodic metal and power metal and stuff like that. And we were all like shocked because we were like, man, someone in Greece knows us, you know? And yeah. then he said, Hey, yeah. like, I want to put the, this guy's like, um, 
I want to put your guy's stuff out on my label. And he gave us, and originally we thought it was a scam. You know, yeah. I was like, nah, this is too good to be true. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> but then I remember he sent me a contract and I sent it to like some people who I knew who, who were sort of more music industry savvy. And they, mm. I, they looked at it and they're like, no, this is legit. I'm like, Oh shit. So, <laughs> cool. so we, we sort of signed a little deal with them and it's been really it's been really good. It's just very much, it's even though it's a label, it's much more of a distribution deal more than anything, because mm-hmm. pretty much what it is is that like they make the stock of like the CDs and some of the merch or whatever. And then we, they send it to us. We essentially get them for free, which is great. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 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 But yeah, nice. but it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause ironically, despite the fact we were very much a live band, things didn't really start happening until the pandemic which is you know in hindsight is a weird thing to to think about but <laughs> i see because you went more online yeah well it's cuz i think we kind of kind of had to mm-hmm. because originally like we were posting to social media like pretty sparingly you know which we shouldn't have been doing mm-hmm. knowing what i know now is we only really posted to social media when we had another show or we had some announcement or whatever Mm-hmm. But um, I remember uh, during the pandemic, we uh, there was like a sort of a six month period where like of the first like six months or so. And again, like everybody where it was just, you know, I was just extremely depressed and I didn't even barely went on social media mm-hmm. and I just sat around, you know, just, you know, playing video games and watching anime and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. um. But then um, what happened was after six months, I sort of snapped out of it. I'm like, okay, I need to start adapting and getting back into this. My, fr- my friend, um, Gaia Guarda from the band Uriel, she's another, mm. she's from Montreal. She's a good friend of ours. She, I, I saw what she was doing because she was doing sort of the same thing where she was starting her own little, like a solo career. And she was putting out a solo album that wasn't metal at all. It was like more like, dark wave almost mm-hmm. and yeah. i see what she was doing and then she no, no you know what it was you know what it was um and this is actually funny tying into like the whole doing the wolf pack live thing mm-hmm. is she started doing that idea first before me right. actually she she didn't do it for long but like the whole live stream chat thing mm-hmm. and i was one of the first guests she had on there and that experience was sort of like my sort of um little push to start doing stuff on social media more, Mm -hmm. but it was very much like an uphill battle of like, you know, Oh, you haven't posted in like six months. So the algorithm is like, gonna is is going to show you like nobody. (laughs) Right. So, but yeah, no, it was very much a, a process during the pandemic of, of, you know, doing that stuff more and more, uh, finishing Mark of the Wolf because Mark of the Wolf, but by the time the pandemic hit, we only had the instrumentals done. You know, vocals I didn't okay. actually get to do. So, right. um, so it was pretty much just learning from a bunch of different people who I met online and stuff like that, and just starting to develop us as a presence online. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just sort of learning the trade that way. And then I've actually found that now in this post pandemic, post restrictions world that we're in right now. That's helped us a lot more, I find, than just playing yeah, that, all these all these shows stuff like that. That's why now I'm very much an advocate of, hey, like, 
like if you want to make it to like the next level, then like play shows, but like only do the ones that are worth it. You know, like yeah. in terms, like only do the ones that you think, okay, will this further our career? You know, mm-hmm. like if you're gonna play, like if you get like an opportunity to tour or open mm-hmm. for a big band or whatever. You know, I pretty so. much like decided to get very much more picky with with what kind of stuff we would mm-hmm. do you know just because i figured hey we've had all this success online then you know it'll be good to just sit in the again in the world we live in now it'll be good to sort of keep that going and try and learn the ins and outs of how things work online because i'm still i still am mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just you know just so furthering ourselves that way yeah 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 that's that, that that's really good man i mean it all it all takes a lot right like playing shows it takes a lot of resources man and you've got to be practicing oh, yeah. all the time like yeah I, I i i can relate man because you know i'm similar age to you a few years older uh and i used to play local gigs as well all the time and i just thought originally like like you probably like that's how you do it right that's the old school way you you know, you get yeah. in a room and, and rehearse all the time and you play as many gigs as you can. But yeah, yeah man, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and, and it's, you don't necessarily get that back in return, you know? Oh yeah. Like it's, it's very much like, um, very strenuous, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I remember like, uh, which not, not to say like it was a bad thing. Like I met a lot of, a lot of the touring bands that we got to play with and open mm-hmm. for, I still have friends from yeah, from those since, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but the amount that we were doing is very much like, yeah. Counterproductive. You know, it wasn't like, I remember there were many shows where I did where I like, I wasn't at my best and I was like, you know, sick or I, my voice wasn't great. You know, like I was like, not, like you know i was like sick or whatever mm-hmm. and um yeah no so it's like one of those things where in the grand scheme of things you know it's it's like um they're a good way to kind of get your name out there when you're first starting out like locally mm-hmm. but like eventually you got to get to the point where you have to you know pick your battles very carefully obviously mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i suppose that's the thing like I guess you managed to kind of get yourself in a cool place where you can support bands coming into your, your area. But like, um, but it's a whole other thing to get to the stage where you can be going out to other places around the world. right? Yeah, and exactly. Building and a presence online is kind of what enables you to do that these days. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what would you say have been like the best lessons and things that you found from your experience of learning about doing stuff online as in like, if there are any other musicians and things like that, like that, they're listening to this, what would your best um, advice be? Well, well, uh, one of the best lessons I've learned in terms of that is, um, just don't be afraid to reach out. And that mm-hmm. just goes for anybody. And what I mean by that is that like, you know, we're all in a genre that, you know, depend most people are pretty chill, you know, despite what, mm-hmm. what the mainstream people think about heavy metal, you know, it's one of those <laughs> genres where yeah, yeah. it's one of those genres where like most of the people in it, depending again, depending on the subgenre, um, <laughs> are, um, are very nice, you know, very welcoming and accommodating. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 
some of these lessons are like, you know, stuff that I learned where it's like, it's like, don't be afraid to reach out and just be like, be a kind person, be like, treat, treat the people you talk to sort of like, you know, not just a musician or a fellow mm-hmm. musician, but like as someone you'd be like a friend or you'd go out have a drink with because yeah, that yeah, has yeah. helped us a lot with, with getting connections that, um, that I never would have thought like doing, mm-hmm. like, as I said, doing the Wolfpack live thing. Um, some of the guests that I got, I didn't never thought I would have been able to get, mm-hmm. you know, it very much was a case of like, you know, a lot of these people, especially even bigger names, if you just reach out to them on social media and you're mm-hmm. nice about it and you're, then you like, you know, compliment them or you're just, you're, you're not being, if, if you're, as long as you're not being like a crazy fanboy or whatever, yeah. you know, a lot of them <laughs> yeah, were yeah. like, uh, it, one of the main lessons is it's very surprising how many people are willing to help out no matter what mm-hmm. level they're at. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I find that more bands should like, you know, try and create a community around themselves, you know, like, yeah. and create like a good network. So like in the future, you know, if you befriend the right person, then that could lead to the right opportunity for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what, um, that's sort of been my main takeaway from doing this stuff online. And I'm not even just talking about like, big uh names in terms of musicians but also like mm. industry people too like yeah i remember the people who we currently do our pr with um oh the c squared uh, c- yeah c squared yeah 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 cool yeah no i literally met them again through my friend gaia because they were mm. her p uh they did her pr and um yeah they had me on their podcast and they did all this stuff and and i later found out that like oh yeah um one of them works for metal injection. And I'm just like, what? And then uh, like, yeah, I even yeah, remember yeah. like, just because like, obviously because, you know, we struck mm-hmm. up a friendship. Uh, her name's Corey. Really, really lovely, lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, she messaged me when, when Mark, when we were going to promote Mark of the Wolf, uh, the first single comes out and literally the next day she's like, Hey, by the way, I got you guys a metal injection. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> And then she's like, and then she's like, yeah, I just did a little write up about you guys and they published it. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) So yeah. So like very, very much. It's just like, I, I, as I said, the main takeaway is like, don't be afraid to, to reach out to different people and see what different people are about, whether they be someone who is an industry person or someone you look up to or whoever, you know, Mm -hmm. but within reason though, within reason like course, i highly yeah, doubt yeah. i highly doubt i i highly doubt bruce dickinson would uh respond to a dm of mine so <laughs> i don't know how many dms bruce is responding to to be fair so that's what I'm, no i'm sure yeah. here's the thing i'm sure like those big 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 guys i don't think they respond to any i think it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. I, no, it's, I don't even think i think half of them don't even have social media i would be surprised of, yeah well, it's a lot of dudes. them are like old school and yeah, a lot of them yeah. are old school and they're very just like oh let the young the youngins deal yeah. with that you bruce know dickinson he certainly seems like that kind of guy <laughs> oh yeah no like I, like i love bruce dickinson but like sure, very yeah. much is he seems very much like you know yeah old still school. like in the <laughs> old school mentality and he's like you 100%. know yeah 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 but uh yeah, yeah no and, and even then like just from reaching out like in terms of some of the people i've gotten to talk to and befriend you know like one of my favorite bands is blind guardian and i had mm. their old drummer uh on the show Toman the omen and we're like and we're like good buddies now and we talk all the time and stuff That's like cool, that so 
Yeah, it's so, surreal, yeah, it's, isn't it, when that happens? Yeah, it's true. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm not going to say who, but um, one of the people who I've had on the show uh, is actually like doing guest vocals on the next release. And this is someone who I'm just like, like, I'm like, completely over the moon that this person's even on one of our songs you know yeah, so that's awesome man yeah that's so exciting man really really cool. yeah so it's it's been very much like an experience where yeah so main takeaways is just you know network obviously try mm. and find like re- the relevant people in your niche whether it be industry people or big or bigger artists or whatever to try and connect with and try and strike up and and obviously and again also just like try and come up with ways to to connect with people and again that's something that i'm still learning mm. you know because you sure, hear yeah. you hear all the time now you know everyone's saying you know it's like oh create content create content create content like, like it's yeah. it's like sort of like the thing you it's like a broken record uh-huh. but like it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like that is true but it's very much in the sense of like you have to try and find what works for you and sort of stick to it and sort of build your community around that. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, That's it. The content is kind of what people know you for, but what really matters is like the real genuine relationships that you make. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's cool, man. And so, yeah, from what you're saying, like make friends, build community. That's kind of the, the core of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, Another thing I suppose that's also very important is that um, it's not just the fact that you're reaching out to people with, you know, with what you want <laughs> or, you know, for, to listen to your music, right? I mean, you you are genuinely very supportive of the music scene, it seems. Yeah, I try. Yeah, like, because yeah, it's funny because, again, like, that's one of the things that, like, I always say, like, you know, not like if you're like reaching out to someone random and being like, hey, listen to my music. It's the thing that we all joke about, right? You know, yeah, and, exactly. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. I, I still, I don't know about you. I mean, you probably yeah. do because you run a label, but like I still get <laughs> messages of random people yeah. being like, here, listen to my song. And I'm just like, guys, that's yeah. not how you do it's it. The, it's the first message. And it's like, you could have yeah, at least yeah. just said hi first or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, like, um, yeah, it's, it's very much one of those things where, you know, it, you kind of got to just be a person, you know, like I, I find that like the best thing to do in terms of reaching out to somebody new mm-hmm. is, you know, just be like, obviously, as I said, don't like fanboy out or anything, yeah, 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 yeah. but like be a, show them like you're appreciative and just be, and I've always said, I always find like specific compliments are very much a good thing too. Like I remember totally. like whenever I would reach out to somebody, I'd be like, Hey, I loved you in this, or I, you that's know, it. I really love mm-hmm. your vocals. I love the way you do this, blah, 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 blah. And usually that's how they can tell you're for real because they're like, Hey, they're actually yeah. taking an interest in something that's very specific about yeah. me, you know? And yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. and, and, and it's not to do, and it's not in a fake way. Like it's always very true. You know, like I'm a huge nerd when it comes to like, Mm-hmm. metal music and especially vocals too so it's like i'll yeah. always ask like i i remember like whenever i'll have these um 
guests on i'll ask them like these really obscure questions that people that they're like weren't expecting like like hey uh remember that band that you were in for like one like album like 30 years ago because then they're like oh i forgot about that you know what i mean it's like especially like that you, you know it's it's yeah. the genuine passion as you say it's like yeah. you have to be authentic with it you can't that i guess that's yeah the thing. like you have to like you have to yeah. care obviously like i know yeah. i it's you know what it's the the best way i can describe what it means by that and even though this is a much bigger band than us but um there was an interview i saw years ago with um blackie lawless from wasp oh, nice. and he was talking about when they were putting out crimson idol which ironically mm -hmm. is the shirt i'm wearing cool man. and um he said he wrote this and this sort of applies to what we're talking about because he wrote a story about how he kept getting fans saying to him like hey i want to do what you do what advice would you give me Mm -hmm. and he says well you really gotta want it and they're like yeah, yeah i want it he goes no you yeah. don't understand like you need to like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah, yeah. And, and he's right you know like you you can't just be like yeah it's mainly you have to be smart about it you know it's very mm -hmm. it's not like uh like a, oh if i keep recording and putting stuff out eventually someone will notice no you have to like in an industry now where it's like there's so much noise you yeah. kind of have to do a lot of the work yourself in terms of like reaching out to people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've always one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my life was from my old English teacher when I was in high school, because he was a musician too. And he was one of the very early, early supporters of us. And nice. he awesome. always gave me the advice of, you know, create your own opportunities. You know, don't wait around for people to give you opportunities because mm -hmm. you know, it might happen once or twice, but it rarely does. And he's right. You know, like it's, yeah, you have to be sort of smart with um with if you want to achieve something that you want you can't just wait around for it you gotta like yeah try and figure out what avenues you can take to get to it you know whether that be like let's say for example oh like you want to play a certain festival well you have to do your research you have to find out who the promoter is you have to find the promoter on social media, message them, but don't right away be like, Oh, I want to play your festival. You know, you have to be <laughs> like, you have to try and like, Hey, I love what you do, blah, 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 this, this, and that. And then, if they, then eventually it could get to the point where they yeah. they'll think, Hey, so-and-so is a cool guy and his band's good. I'll book them. You know, it's, it's yeah. very much, it's very much like you have to do all the legwork in that sort of situation. And I know, some people don't like that, but unfortunately, that's just how it is nowadays, you know? Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But it's good. I mean, there's pro there's pros and cons, right? And like, mm -hmm. in terms of old system versus the new system, like, it's really a quality of opportunity now. Anybody, like, the internet allows any of us from anywhere in the world to do this. But yeah, you've got you to gotta have a lot of initiative to, to be able to cut through that noise, right? That's yeah, kind absolutely. Of the game now. Yeah really cool man yeah re really cool I, I love hearing uh your thoughts on that man um and, and in terms of how you're going about it is it is it primarily instagram you're using and what what tends to be your kind of yeah way of networking and whatnot yeah well i i find that like like obviously like instagram is like sort of the main platform that we focus on and facebook too but like all the other platforms i'm still learning like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the TikTok. I'm still like, yeah. for example, like we just made a Twitch, and right. I'm still okay, trying cool. to learn how to, how that works because like I've done a couple streams, 
but I'm still like a lot of that stuff is still kind of gibberish to me. Like right, whenever, see, like yeah. whenever I watch someone who I like on Twitch, like a fellow musician, mm-hmm. whether it be like I watch like Adrian Cowan from Seven Spires and Vicky yeah. from The Agonist, you know, when mm-hmm. I watch there or Grant from from Alicia Archer's, whenever I watch their channels, I'm always seeing like. Oh, gift subs, hype trains, raid, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I have like no fucking idea what any of that means, you know? I remember, I'm like, I'm yeah. like, oh, like, I, like almost every time I get on one of these streams, someone yeah. there, it's like, oh, you've been given a gift sub by this person. I'm like, great. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what? Man, so I'm I, still. I'm- I still haven't really used Twitch at all, but I just went on it one time. I, th- I remember the first time I ever even went there and it was uh, Elf Pirate. He, he like put... Oh he yeah, was, I love Elf Pirate. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, man. I love him. Aridale, yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah. Really, he's, really cool guy. And he put like one of, one of our songs uh, on, on there. He was going to feature it in the show. So we we're like, oh yeah, we'll tune in for that episode. And, and exactly as you said, man, I'm just watching it. I'm like, look, this is great, but like... Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. All of this stuff, all of this hype train. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Like, wow, this is a, alien to me, man. <laughs> and Arendelle's such a good guy. I like. I love that. Really dude. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Cool Wait, one of your so- one of your songs, like what? So like, he's so like he played one of your one of your songs on his power metal show. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, but I'm 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 a little bit of a uh, like behind the curtain kind of guy, so I have a few different projects and stuff under different names. So this particular okay. one was uh, by a project Yarima, uh, which is with my wife, and it's kind of like folky power metal. It's like very very melodic metal, kind of almost like soft metal, but it's like with Japanese instruments, like traditional instruments and stuff. Oh boy, yeah. I love that! I love that. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. well, one I'm sure, obviously, you know this from us talking. But one thing you'll come to know about me is I'm a huge weeb, so I love anything like that. Nice, yeah. So cool, it's like man. not not yeah. even just like like as we were talking about like anime and stuff, but like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Japanese metal and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a gigantic. I've fan seen of. you sharing like so many Japanese metal bands, and so many of them are like like ones I've never even heard of, and I'm like, wow, I really need to check these guys yeah. out, man. Yeah, well, it, it's one of those things where, um, you know. I find I find that like a lot of those bands just because Japan is such a closed off, you know, from like it's very it's much so like cool, it, isn't it? Yeah. Culture, <laughs> culturally it's very closed off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I discover some of these bands like that, I'm literally thinking of like you know, people nowadays always go on about how like oh nothing's original anymore, this, this, that, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. You just you're looking in the wrong place. Like some yeah, of the stuff totally. that they're putting out in Japan is nuts, you know? Uh-huh. Like you got like, yeah, like you got bands like Gashirik Spin, who they're literally, they're a metal band, yet they mix like metal with like idol pop and yeah, like, yeah. and even some funk with like the slap bass, but they also have harsh <laughs> wow. vocals too. Like that's it's so just, aw- it's just like, you know, that's why like it, a lot of those bands appeal to me, but just because it's like, it's stuff I haven't heard before, you yeah. know? Man, you yeah, know, they have some wild music there for sure. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, no. So, like, as I said, whenever, like, I always try and maybe not so much in our sound, but like, I was, I'm very much inspired by like that kind of those kinds of bands like Mm -hmm. X Japan and, um, and, um, Anthem and Love Bites and Mary's Blood and stuff like that. I love, love all those bands, but, um, and not even just like the music, but 
One thing that I find very interesting about that whole scene is how they promote music. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's very different from here. Like, that's one right. thing that's been really, I found really interesting about that whole scene is that. What would be your main observations then about the differences? Yeah, well, a few things. Uh, they're very much a country where their music industry is still in the 1980s, mm-hmm. which is for, which, and I mean that in a good way, like not like the very I mean, predatory cool. way, like it was like back <laughs> in the day, right? With like the record labels. But what I mean by yeah. like, it's still in the 1980s where. I've seen photos of people still line up outside CD stores whenever wow, uh, cool. a band they likes album comes out. There are, there are bands that, um, you know, physical product is still very important there. Like awesome. almost, it's one of the few places where I think it's more important than streams because if you cool. go to any wow. Japanese band on Spotify, they almost have like, like, okay, let me just say it like this. If you go on like, um, Gashirik spins uh, just as the same example I use. Mm-hmm. If you go on their Spotify, they only have like 10,000 monthly listeners for a band that's, which again, seems like a lot, but for a band their size is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you see videos of them, they're playing to like thousands and thousands of people every night, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. so I, I found that that's like mad, some platforms <laughs> like Spotify don't really matter there. Like people don't use it, mm-hmm. you know, which is odd. That's they're very still, they're very much still about the physical media there. They're very much about YouTube. Like you'll see all these Japanese bands putting out like YouTube content and like really high quality too, with like yeah. high quality production. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. man, how the how the hell are they able to afford all this stuff? Yeah. But yeah, yeah the yeah. other thing I've found too there is it's one of the few countries where if your band is successful enough, you can make a living off of music there. Like it's actually cool. like if you I know like there are people who I've seen from, from bands in Japan where that's what they do. That's how they make money is being a musician in a band, which over here, unfortunately is something that's <laughs> almost like an impossibility nowadays because yeah, yeah. in, in North America or Europe, even the really big bands, that's not their main thing. Unfortunately, you know, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's definitely like either it's, it's either a part-time thing or like, if you really want to make money, you kind of have to do it through, being an entrepreneur (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like that's why you're having like that's why you're seeing all these big bands have like members in multiple projects and them having side hustles and stuff like that is because is because of that it's because unfortunately it's not enough anymore to Mm. to do that like for example like you'll see people like um i don't know like Try to think off the top of my head, like like Thomas from Nightwish, you know, Nightwish, mm-hmm. one of the biggest metal bands in the world. And yeah, he has like two different side projects along with it, you know, or mm-hmm. you'll have um this person just came to mind because I like just saw her on Instagram before we came on this call. It was like uh Diane von Eersberg from um, oh, yeah. Ex Libris. She has like the the jewelry thing, you know, and yeah, she's always yeah, yeah, yeah. advertising that. And uh-huh. I'm just like, and, and, and you know, it, I find that nowadays, like us musicians have to get creative with how we make our living. You know, that's, we're all yeah. creative minds after all, but For it's, sure. it's very much in the sense of like be just being a musician is like, and in a band and releasing stuff is not enough anymore. Mm. But ironically in Japan, that's exactly how it is. Because yeah, again, as I said, awesome. since there's such an emphasis on a physical product there, mm-hmm. at least from what I've seen, they, yeah. 
a lot of these bands are full-time musicians or like some of these people in these bands are full-time musicians, which is crazy. Awesome. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And as you say, I have seen like videos of, of live shows in Japan with Japanese bands and stuff as well. And as you said, like bands that like many people I've never even heard of in this part of the world, but they're playing to like huge crowds, man. Yeah. Like the, the main yeah. one that I always say, which this, this is a band that they're like starting to get more and more known outside Japan. But then there's like, cause of like a lot of documentaries on them and stuff was, um, X Japan, which they're one of my favorite yeah, bands. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. they weren't even like, I don't even think they played their first show outside of Japan until like the early to mid two thousands. And wow. they were, and they've been around since like the early eighties yeah. and they're playing, yeah, they're filling wow, up like yeah. soccer stadiums there and stuff like that. Wow. Like, well, why do they need to leave Japan? <laughs> yeah, know? I know. But, but I think it's just like, <laughs> it's what... one of those odd things where like, I remember seeing, uh, when I was in college, uh, X Japan playing their very first, you know, you being from the UK, they played their first ever UK show. And that was in 2018. <laughs> and they've oh been out. God. And they've been out and they've been around since the early eighties, like you know, yeah, 30, 40 years. By yeah. Wow. But, but, it's, but it's been really nice to see a lot of those bands like getting like sort of more known outside of Japan because like X Japan, when they played in, uh, in England, from what I heard, they were, mm -hmm. they sold out. It was Wembley arena and they sold it out, which nice. I know is like smaller than Wembley stadium, but still yeah, stadium is like ridiculously big. Yeah, that, that's, arena, like, that's, that's queen levels, obviously. So yeah, 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 yeah. But arena is still a big venue. It's about yeah. 12, 13,000 people. Or yeah. Something. And they filled it up from what I heard, yeah. which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wicked man. That's cool. Yeah. That's really good. X Japan is, is a really cool band, but like I've liked everything that I've heard, but I really need to like delve into more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Re really cool, man. Do you know, do you know Wagaki band? Do I know who? There's a band, there's a Japanese band called Wagaki Band. And no, uh, I haven't heard of that one actually. What the reason I really like them is because that's kind of their thing, is they're they they play uh traditional Japanese instruments like mixed with metal. So they've got I don't know how many band members, like a whole load of them. So they have like the metal dudes, you know, um, but then they've got like a chick that plays shamisan. Do you know what shamisen is? Kind yeah, of almost yeah, like yeah, a I know what that banjo is. Yeah, yeah. type thing. Yeah, and uh, and then there's like a koto, and like they have like dude that comes in playing different like flutes and things like that. But then they're also playing metal. It's it's really really good, man. That's that was really kind cool. Of probably like the main reference really for, so, for so that it's sort of like the we so it's sort of like a japanese like elevatey almost ish yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, th I would say as like a elevator pitch that's uh yeah a good way to put it for sure Sick. they even did like um there's a video that's got a fair amount of hits on it where i think evanescence must have been in japan and so they must have like done a show together or something but like amy lee actually came on stage with them and they did a cover of bring me to life but it was kind of like japanese bring me to oh, life oh that's really cool yeah, that's check really it out, cool man. I, like, I, I like that a lot that's really sick <laughs> yeah. yeah cool man well i mean i guess whilst, whilst we're on the topic because I, I was thinking i also i was listening to all your stuff earlier and i even went uh after listening to all your releases um even went onto the playlist of your influences <laughs> oh sweet and I, and I was playing through that obviously loads of stuff that i'm familiar with but um but yeah it's really cool i mean my, my i feel like my favorite part of it was when it went from megadeth to rock set <laughs> ah, yes <laughs> <laughs> and i was like nice yeah th that yeah that's a good mix so yeah, yeah man 
like perhaps uh, we could talk a little bit more then about like who who your kind of biggest influences are and and, and your favorite music and stuff. I'm I'm so glad you brought up Roxette. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's actually it, sort that, yeah, that's yeah. sort of like um like there's a story behind that because the cool. thing the reason why I put them on there is because uh when I was younger like I always say that there were certain bands that made me want to become a musician and there were certain bands that made me want to play metal. And nice. before I even knew what yeah. metal was, my my um my dad in the house used to play like uh, Queen, obviously. Nice, and yeah. my dad was very much into Euro pop, you know, like because he's cool. he's from my dad's yeah. from England, and he cool. grew up around all those sort of artists, you know, like um, some of the ones that he likes are people like Judy Zook and stuff like that. But <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. yeah, but um, he played Roxette, and I and I thought when I was a kid. I thought Per Gessel was like the coolest fucking guy on the planet. And I still think he, to this day, I still yeah, think yeah. he is. And yeah, yeah, no. So like Queen and Roxette were the two bands that made me want to become a musician pretty much. Nice. So, and nice. Roxette were like, you know, they're one of those bands that like, I know a lot, most metalheads do like them, which is cool. And they're one of those bands that they were so like, people don't realize like how, much of an impact they had like they're yeah, they're yeah. one of those bands i'd argue like i don't know i don't know if this is a hot take or not but i don't care um paragessel was easily is easily one of the greatest songwriters of all time like yeah. some of these songs that he wrote even if people didn't even know who Roxette was everyone knows yeah. everyone knows listen to your heart you know yeah totally everyone yeah, knows yeah. it must have been love mm-hmm. most people know the look you know yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. so even if they don't know who did it that's uh-huh. very much um it's just like such perfect like melodic songwriting yeah you know? you yeah exactly like and that, that's it. so yeah it's um it's something that is very much like really cool and as i said like i grew up with them and it was that's why i always say they're very much a huge influence to me personally so nice. and and one thing really that i've cool. also noticed on social media which is really cool is i don't know if he's a metal fan or, or not but uh, from what I've seen, Per Gessel actually runs the the um the Roxette uh Facebook page, and cool. he always shares covers of people doing Roxette songs. Oh, nice! Which is really cool. I was like, what? Like he the other day uh, he shared like, oh, Lord of the Lost did a Roxette cover on their new album, and he shared <laughs> it. Wow. I was like, I was like, man, that must be like the like biggest honor ever is to get yeah, the yeah. when you get the approval of the original artist that's like you know the biggest honor ever yeah for sure man would you would you oh have you ever done a rock set cover <laughs> would you do one <laughs> i'm planning to i'm planning oh, to yeah, man. well, well, be well because i i've been because in our band me and our keyboard player john yeah are both huge rock set fans i don't know right, about the rest yeah. of the band but me and him are <laughs> i know he's super into the 80s stuff right yeah like the aor <laughs> stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah and cool. um yeah it's funny because like john's into that stuff so much that like he'll even in like on our new stuff he's putting aor keyboards in our stuff and it strangely nice. works yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining, but yeah, I was interested about that addition to the band. Actually, I guess you have a lot more keyboards in the future material, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's made, it's mainly just because like we wanted, like I, the thing with Mark of the Wolf was that whenever we 
again, bit of a side tangent, yeah, but that's um, cool. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing with Mark of the Wolf was like, I'm very proud of that album, but the main criticism we got, it, it's weird because the album did well mm-hmm. and the, and the reviews were all positive. Like I actually, it's weird. I didn't read a single negative review of it. The, the worst thing I re- I read about it and this is sort of the catalyst for having a keyboard player mm-hmm. was someone or one reviewer wrote this music isn't necessarily bad but I've heard all this before you know right and, and, and keep in mind Mark of the Wolf that, a lot of those songs I wrote when I was much younger so sure. yeah. I was thinking shit well okay let's you know and I always found that there were certain parts in our songs where like if there was a solo section or whatever, I'm like, man, something's mm-hmm. missing from here. Like there's mm-hmm. rhythm guitar, but like, it's kind of sounds hollow. Like, I'm like, I need something else there, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, yeah. John's a really good friend of mine. And we were, I've wanted a keyboard player for years. So he was very much the right fit because he had all awesome. the criteria that we wanted. He was someone who's, he's reliable. He's a great musician. He does harsh vocals, which he will be doing on some of our songs. Wow, cool. And, uh, you know, very professional and stuff like that. Can tour and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So great to work with. Really just all around absolute gem of a guy. Nice. And, um, but yeah, no. And I wanted that in our stuff, you know, because I'm, he- mm-hmm. and, and not even just that, but I'm hearing like sort of the landscape of how power metal is now. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty I don't want to say common, but it's pretty much like, like every band now has sort of like a, like that keyboard element, even though if there's not a keyboard player and it really yeah. fills out the sound of the, of the record. Yeah. You it's know? just like modern production in a way. Yeah, exactly. Say, like, yeah. exactly. That's why like, you know, in modern production, you'd be hard pressed to find records that don't have keyboards on it because it yeah. just sounds nice, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I guess the older or the stuff you've got, like you do have a lot of roots in more like old school heavy metal, I guess. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. I mean, you do have some keyboards and things. There's some piano sections in the songs. And I think was it the last song Evangelion, there's like some kind of synthesizers going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was sort of the start of the, it because I wrote nice. those. Like I, I don't even play keyboards. Those were just like mm. programmed, I guess. But like yeah, I wanted yeah. an actual keyboard player. But yeah, yeah, cool. but yeah, but in Evangelion, there was well, the intro was actually was a was an actual piano. That was mm-hmm. uh, a friend of ours from here in Ottawa who was um, from a lo- from a local band from here called the Aphelian, which they're like like very proggy, like they're very much like an Opeth ish kind of sound. Nice, yeah. Awesome. And their keep and they had their their guitar player was also their keyboard player. Right, cool. And he played the intro to Evangelion. Nice. And so, yeah, like that's something that like, because keep in mind, like, even though I say that, like, oh, keyboards, like a new thing, even though like Mark of the Wolf was done over a long period of time. So like some mm. stuff was added later, some stuff was I added see, earlier, yeah, yeah. you know, so it was. um. So, yeah, no, it's it's just something that we've wanted to do for a long time, and it definitely is very beneficial, especially in our genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, like, it's just part of that, like creativity is that like yeah there's there's millions of metal bands or whatever like uh all over the world and you know you can do the same you know it can become derivative right but there is all of these different subgenres and then there's all of these all of this other kind of music that you can blend stuff with 
you know, have those themes in. So yeah, I think that that's what it's all about. And that's why I always love to see something like that, where you have an influence like Megadeth, like mixed with Roxette. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I like both of these things equally and they're both oh, yeah. in this mix, it, you know? And, and and let me tell you, like, and also like for in the future, like I even have, not for this upcoming release, but like I remember I actually challenged myself to write a poppy metal song, you know, awesome. like sort of like yeah. in the style of rock set, but if they were metal, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, I, cool. and I made myself like a hard cut off, of like okay, it has to be under three and a half minutes, you know, nice. yeah. stuff like that. So like it's it's very much like trying like to put all these different influences into our own sound for sure, and uh, and and yeah. even not even just rock set, but like I always joke with people, well, not joke because like I do legitimately like this band, but like I always say to people, I'm like, yeah. I love Aqua, you know. <laughs> That's the other one I grew up you with. Say, was, yeah, Euro pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I grew nice. up with with with. It was again before I even discovered metal. It was Queen, Roxette, Aqua. Those are the three bands Aqua, I nice. grew up with. That's what my dad always used to play. I think everyone just always thinks of Barbie Girl, surely. When when okay, and, and and I'm that one guy. I'm that one guy which I'm like <laughs> they have better songs than Barbie yeah. Girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I need to I need to listen more. <laughs> But yeah, it's cool. But that's great. Again, it's just like super melodic music, and that works. I mean, your music is still very melodic, right? You know, it's 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 heavy. It's got all the metal stuff, but ultimately, it is still very melodic, like through and through. So, yeah, you can hear yeah. that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's what we that's what we try, you know, because like we we try and have the perfect balance between melodicness and heaviness, because mm -hmm. I find that like at least from back when we were playing live a lot. The thing mm -hmm. that like the songs like Crucible, for example, which were like really, really of like the heavier songs, those are the ones that people like recepted to the most. So right, I thought, yeah. well, I want to still keep true to what I want to do in terms of the melodic side, but have that happy medium of balancing melodic with heaviness, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. But as you say, like, yeah, um, like, I think if I'm right, like, Roxette were produced by Dennis Pop, right? And that was kind of like the beginning of Sweden taking over the world of music production. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, because I think then, like, Max Martin was, like, his understudy. And he just became, like, the most successful writer, producer. Like, they that team, like, writes basically all of the pop songs that are, like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Wait, Max Martin's yeah. Swedish? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and he was like an understudy of Dennis Pop, who was the producer of uh, yeah of Roxette. Oh, oh really? I'm, wow. I'm pretty, sh I'm pretty sh sure about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I forget. That's right. sweet. Well, to yeah, be fair, really yeah, cool. like the the Swedes are definitely the best in terms of like that sort of melodicy poppy sound. Like hell, like yeah, I, I even yeah, like totally. there's even a lot of metal bands now who they kind of draw from that like say what you will about this band because i know this is a band that like it's very much a love them or hate them sort of band but like i always say i'm like amaranth amaranth are literally oh, yeah. just rock set but with heavy guitars you know yeah 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 totally man that's what i kept thinking when you when you said about like rock set as a metal song i'm like yeah i mean it totally works and there's plenty of bands kind of doing that amaranth yeah, is a yeah. great example i'd say <laughs> yeah like yeah like amaranth is very much like some of their songs like at least, especially like some of their more ballady songs, mm -hmm. I'm like I can totally picture Marie Fredrickson singing this, you know. Uh -huh. Like yeah. like 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 Elise is very much like cut from the same cloth. I find vocally. Mm -hmm. So I mean, are you a fan of ABBA? 
Of popular opinion, not really. <laughs> so I don't hate ABBA. <laughs> I don't hate ABBA at all. I just was uh, never as much into them, honestly. Right, I know that's, that's kind of blasphemy because I know a lot of people really like ABBA, but like, no, it's yeah, it's no, mixed. No, no, no hate. Just never did it. Never really did anything for me. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of almost the generation before that, isn't it? Really? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fair. You, yeah, you never know. As you say, it, I guess all of these ones are a bit of a hit and miss. I remember when uh, Gideon sent me um, the Pirate Queens single. Oh yeah, uh, that from from the Woods of Wonders album that they were going to release. And you know how it has like, uh, well, obviously the, the uh, Pirate Queens are all like female, yeah. like women singers, all like singing together, you know. And so that kind of like big chanty chorus of them all singing together it like i just couldn't help but think of ava and i said yeah. that to gideon oh. and he he was like no nah, i was not <laughs> i'm not into ava well, <laughs> i was like sorry dude well, well, that's one of the, well first of all that's one of the best songs on the album but I, also, I think so yeah yeah probably my favorite yeah yeah it's one of my favorites too well, one of the one of the favorites at least. yeah there's, there's loads yeah. of cool moments but yeah oh yeah but like that, that's that song very much i thought was really cool just because like I'm someone that like, don't get me wrong. Like Lori Anson and Simone Simmons and all them. I love the, those vocals, but like, I yeah. really love like the, the kind of vocal technique where it's like, when it's like a female vocals, but when they sound like distorted, you know, yeah. like really yeah, so, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not growling, but like rough female yeah, vocals. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like that sound. So, yeah. and like, I'd argue that like Laura Gilmon from burning witches is probably like, at yeah. least in terms of newer bands, the best mm. at that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then even if you go back to like the old school stuff, like that's how Doro used to sing. Doro, that's how leather yeah, Leon yeah. from Chastain used to sing. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. that sound of the, of the really rough chick vocals. You know? I love when Alyssa from Arch Enemy goes into that part of her voice. Sounds so very, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Like, or like Vicky from the agonist is another yeah. one that does that too. But like, yeah, like, and I found it cool that the whole song was just three vocalists. And since they're supposed to be pirates, they obviously, they made, he picked vocalists to have the more yeah. rougher sounds. So like uh -huh. yeah. on that song, it's such a good, you know, I, I just personally love that sort of vocal uh, yeah. from, uh, from um, on a song for sure. And so now it's three, totally. three women on a song singing like that in yeah, this yeah, yeah. catchy song. It's just, it was awesome. Really catchy, super anthemic chorus, yeah. But it's the fact that they're all singing that unison like that. Yeah. Pirate Queens. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, epic, man. Yeah, like, um, yeah. I obviously you played a really great part in that record as well. A couple of couple of little roles there, and you were a real like advocate for it. I saw you so much like showing up in the like overall promotion of that record and things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's just because like, I've always like metal operas. Like I'm a huge Avantasia fan. I'm a huge Arion fan. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, and I, it's something that I've been seeing pop up more and more in recent years. Like more yeah. and more people are doing that sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. there's a band from, um, France, they're called Avaland and they're doing that sort of thing too. And they're doing a really awesome. good job. And I remember, um, th this is a perfect example of an opportunity I got because of the live streams, right, because okay. I had, um, one of the guests I had a while back was Jack from, um, Battleborn, obviously uh -huh. your fellow countrymen uh -huh, and, yeah, uh, cool. and mine too, kind of, yeah, uh, yeah you got the hair. As I said, I'm part <laughs> British and, nice. um, 
he um and I remember Gideon was in the chat for that. And I remember oh, seeing this Words of Wonder stream. thing. Right, and this is yeah, when he cool. only had announced maybe like a quarter of the lineup at that at that point. Yeah. And I remember him reaching out afterwards and said, Hey, I, I listened to you and I really liked your stuff. And I said, Hey, um, yeah, thanks very much, man. I said, if you, I, I just kind of threw it out there. I said, if you have any room for anybody else, I'd love to be a part of it. Nice. And he goes, he goes, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll think about it. And then about a week later, he messaged me. And originally I was just going to do the guitar solo. He mm-hmm. goes, Hey, I want you to do a guitar solo on this song. I said, hell yeah, sweet. And then about a day later, he's like, Hey, uh, one of the vocalists dropped out. Um, so, and I'm just like, I'm your man. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, man. I was very awesome. fortunate. I'm very grateful of the, of the involvement with that album, because as I said, I've always wanted to be on something like that. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think how it turned out, turned out really, really great. Uh-huh. Um, as yeah. I said, like the, I didn't do a whole lot of vocals. I would have liked to have done more, but well, um, there were so many people that, yeah, yeah exactly. Get, get exactly. Few, uh, yes. But um, yeah, I, the thing that I was telling people when I was describing the album is since I'm on that song, Elvish hell. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I remember when he sent me the, the, the song, I asked him like, Hey, like what's the song about? Like, what's my character feeling, you know, like what, what, what's, yeah. And then, and then he's like, oh, you play this elf named Marwin, who his brother got taken away by the big bad guy, the darkness. And you think he's dead and you're grieving, but you're also like pissed off at everybody, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and that's, and, and um, so I remember, and the way I was describing it to people when I was telling them about the album, I said, yeah, I play a racist elf <laughs> because, because they hate humans, right? So, right, I see. Yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, my character, I, one of the bits on that song, I actually ad-libbed and I sent oh, it nice. to Gideon. I said, hey, if you don't like it, you don't have to use it. But yeah. he listened to it. He goes, it was um the bit, uh, Mike, I decided to make my character still be like the bitter asshole because <laughs> underneath the the last chorus where you hear uh, Gideon and and Stefani singing you know we yeah. will set you free and then underneath I I did like a sort of offset vocal underneath uh huh and and that's why and it's just me just being like it's like I'm like yo kind dog welcome here you know it's like <laughs> I I made that up I ad libbed that and I said hey nice. like if you don't like it the don't use it self. <laughs> Yeah, like even though they're like, "Hey, we'll help you," I'm like, "Yeah, but still, you're human, so fuck you." I'm very, uh, yeah, I say it was very. Um, I'm very happy with how that turned out, and then the I'm even more happy with like this solo, you know, for um, Castle. Oh yeah, Wizard. Wicked Guitar Solo. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like on that song, I didn't realize it was gonna be the power ballad. He was singing me. He was sending me the to do the solo yeah, for. So you got to do and like I, a meaningful one <laughs> i i i very much did like i tried to do sort of like a one of my favorite guitarists is gary moore yeah oh yeah and i want it and i did sort of a gary moore ish kind of solo for that that's like that's it. what i was going for gotta have that blues in and there. it <laughs> yeah. and it still and it still blows my mind that the song that i play on is the one that has um you know alessandro conti from Twilight Force and yeah. and Ralph Sheepers from Primal Fear. You know, it's really yeah, cool yeah. to say that I'm on the same uh, song as them. Yeah, which is and 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 that album has also been very um sort of unifying 
almost and i don't unifying but also like good for networking too because i've reached out to people who are on that album that who i didn't even know uh-huh. and who who like like for example uh laura gilmond from yeah. from burning witches yeah, yeah. i emailed her because i wanted to have her on my show Okay, and yeah, she cool. did. And I said, Hey, uh, we were on the woods of wonder album together, yeah, you know, connected you. Yeah. 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 Or, or, um, a while back, uh, Firewind came to, to Canada. Right. It, yeah, they were yeah. opening for dragon force. Oh, and Herbie. I saw Herbie. Yeah. yeah and I yeah, said, yeah. Hey, we're on the same album, man. He goes, and he's like, are we? I'm like, yeah. And I show him the graphic and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool, um, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really great. And then like another one, I think I, uh, Alina Lesnick, I messaged being like, cause I didn't even know who she was originally on mm-hmm. there. But then she's like, you know, this like YouTube vocalist sensation with these like thousands of subscribers. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's awesome. been, it's been, it's been a really cool unifying experience, uh, mm-hmm. being on that album. And, um, and then also my, the thing I always joke about is my, one of my favorite parts is um, the very last song, how John plays the darkness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, like, oh, that's so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fitting. And it's funny because at the very end, you know how like he got all of us to do voice acting, right? Of course. At yeah, the yeah. very end, when you hear the darkness talk, it doesn't sound like John. Like I asked right, him, like yeah. John, did you do that or did they get someone else to do that? He goes, no, that was me. I'm like, <laughs> and then so. And then so every to so every now and then I'll send him a message and I'll just go, did you really think you could stop me? <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, just it's nice. awesome. Yeah, it is, it is so fitting, obviously, for him to play that role. I thought that earlier when you were like, when you said, oh, yeah, he's been taken by the bad guy. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that your keyboard player? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Overall, that was a that was a, a an amazing experience being on that album, and I hope I hope I can work with Gideon again at some point because he's fin- him and Charlene are fantastic. So yeah, yeah, so lovely, man. Yeah, and it's actually funny because I think they might have done this with like everybody who was involved with the album, but they like now because of that they like send me like Christmas cards and stuff like that, oh, and and yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know just you know very very great people. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah, as I say, I mean, I know that you were super kind of active in in that, man. So, like, yeah, I'm sure that they appreciate that big time. Yeah, really, really nice people. And I know that they want to do a lot more and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll see where it goes. And you can campaign for more uh, racist elf. <laughs> Mowing <Mar- laughs> the racist elf. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> yeah, wicked. And, like, it, you know, are you, uh, have you or are you planning on being involved in any other kind of collaborative projects like that yeah well i um i've done a few like that the the thing is is that i've one thing that i've always really wanted to do and i've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to do this a few times Mm -hmm. is do guest vocals on people's work because the the the, the song the things that i've always liked a lot Mm -hmm. in music are obviously like the the collaborative sort of songs like you hear it all the time in pop music you know like it's like oh insert rapper here in like Mm -hmm. ariana grande song or whatever of course but it's something that i've been noticing that in metal it's happening more and more definitely and it never used to but um i i really like it like and not even just and not even just with big bands but like i've seen like you know there's a band that I'm friends with. They're called, they're from the States. They're called Judicator. And they had Hanzi 
on a song. Wow, I was like, what? Awesome. You know, and then um, stuff like that. Or um, I'm trying to think who else is there. I mean, I feel like, like that. Frontiers is like seems to be just all over that like yeah not, yeah not only are they like collaborating everyone together but they're also making just like whole albums and and whole like collab I, bands <laughs> I, yeah no i was gonna say i feel like frontiers that's a different thing because like Fair. what i'm talking about is like obviously like the whole like more like organic collaborations of like I, a band yeah, reaching yeah, yeah. out to someone that they look up to yeah, and then yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, we have this song. You want to be on it with us?" I feel like with with Frontiers, it's very much like that's sort of part of their business model, where yeah, it's like, to engineer hey, it. Yeah. let's let's <laughs> let's take a bunch of members from famous bands and like they're very much about the supergroups in yeah, that yeah, lately, exactly. which is cool. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. like like and some of them, like, and some of them are really cool. Like I remember the very first one they did, mm-hmm. and because I remember I was in high school when this came out, was uh, do you remember Sweet and Lynch? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so what? that was they did a collab album. It was Michael Sweet from Striper and oh, George S- Sweet and, and okay and George Lynch from Dokken. Right, right. And that okay. album was and some of the songs on that album were amazing. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think and that album was so successful that they're yeah. like, hey, let's do more of those kinds of things. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the like Alan Lunday ones again, because just two like powerhouse vocalists. I don't know if they were on Frontiers or not, but they probably were because they were written by Magnus Carlson as well. Who? Oh is yeah, so, yeah. Mag- Magnus Carlson, anything is like you know, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. even. Oh yeah, that was the other thing I was gonna say in terms of like rock operas. Like one of my favorite albums of 2021 was Heart Healer. You know? Yeah, that was a Frontiers one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like all of the uh women of metal album <laughs> yeah and it's really it's really good and yeah, i, I yeah, have yeah. it on on um vinyl and i really liked who he got on it like yeah i remember like adrian obviously uh-huh. from from seven spires is on it and annette olsen and nora from battle beast and all that it's a, such a yeah. good album I, I remember because um all the seven spires guys are friends of ours yeah, and I remember telling Adrian before I said, "I'm like, hey, like that song Awake is like my favorite song you've ever sang on, besides the Spire stuff." Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, Sp- Spires are such a good band, man. Those those guys, they are really like, are <laughs> so so creative, man. Like, uh, yeah, when I discovered them, they stood out like a mile. I was I was checking out some playlists. It might have even been from Frontiers, like stuff that they were releasing, all the different bands and then that one uh came up and like yeah wow i just like yeah. they were they were one of those bands that um because we were talking much earlier about like oh when like Hanthro first started we were playing live a lot right uh, yeah. they were one of the few bands that i didn't meet because of online i met them because um they came to ottawa N- not when they like nice, first cool. first started but their first album was out at this point Right, okay. and they were doing their first. It was their first ever like little tour. It was yeah. like, and the reason I say little because it was only like maybe like a week long, and it was like right okay. them playing in like the states and then here. And, and I guess um, if they were in Berkeley at that time, or whatever, yeah, they must have. They were all they they were all in Boston at the time, so it was me, like yeah. yeah. So they did like you know Boston and New York and all the cities around there, and then they came up here and they did Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. Mm-hmm. and we it's what i discovered them before i, I always joke i'm like yeah I, I was i knew them before they were big uh, you know, but, yeah. but, <laughs> no but we 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 opened for them when they came here 
And that's how yeah, I got to know wicked. them. And I remember being blown away by, by, by them. Like they were playing in a room with 12 people and it was oh, awesome. Man. And yeah, I always yeah. liked, and I always joke with people being like, uh, I'm like, Oh yeah. You saw Spires at Prague power. Yeah. I saw yeah. them in a club <laughs> in front of 12 people. That's Those it. were the shows. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You'll never but, know. <laughs> but yeah, no, like we, we've gotten to know them really well and they're like i consider them good friends of ours like jack their guitar player is one of my really good friends in music he um mm-hmm. he's our producer ish like he mm-hmm. mixes all of our stuff um yeah all I the like andrew stuff and so and I, I, I sorry don't know i knew for sure that he in uh that he mixed the latest single did he mix like the album and, yeah and he, even the he, EP he did the mastering for mark of the wolf Okay. And then he mixed right, cool. um, when we put out our Running Wild cover. He yeah. he mixed that, right, and now cool. he's he's mixing the the um the next stuff, the new release. Awesome. And he's he's an absolute joy to work with. And uh, whenever I work with him, I'm always extremely apologetic because I'm like I feel like like as I'm like I feel like I'm always like when it comes to like production, I feel like I'm always very like overbearing but he's very <laughs> chill and so like i'm like nice. bro i'm really sorry i don't mean to be like this you know he's like no 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 man it's all good you know yeah, it's like, so it's like process, he's yeah. great uh they're awesome their bass player peter is fantastic guy very he's their mm-hmm. manager too and he's like very very knowledgeable and i've gotten mm-hmm. to learn a lot of stuff from him mm-hmm. adrian obviously is you know one of the best up-and-coming vocalists in metal today period totally and yeah. absolute sweetheart of a person Mm-hmm. Their drummer, I don't know that well, actually, Chris. I don't really. Yeah. He, he's very nice from what I've talked to him. I just don't know him as well as I do the other three. Sure. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we opened for them when they came here. Like they've been around longer than us. But like when we like first first started, one of our first shows was playing with them because nice. the so local cool. promoter here were like, "Hey, I found I got this band coming through here. I've never heard of them. They're called Seven Spires. Do you want to play with them?" And I'm like, oh, and I li- listened to them, and I was like. Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're, they're freaking great. They're fantastic. You know, it was, it was when, um, as I said, it was when their first album had like just come out, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wicked. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. So cool, man. So cool. Mm-hmm. So and when in the music you're producing now, then are you like, are you still recording in a local studio and then sending it to Jack to mix or, or it's all no. remote? Yeah, you got members now in the States and so yeah. how's well, that all work? I'm glad you brought that up because like that that's one of the things I mentioned when it was like, oh, you know, the band sort of evolving, not just sound wise, but like the way we do things. Yeah. Because okay, pretty much long story short, during the pandemic, we had like and it wasn't just us, it was like many, many bands, especially around here, was mm-hmm. we had members quit, you know, we we had members quit. We had members, you know, we had to let go of and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And for a while, um, you know, it, it's our, the thing is, is that my, my main thing is that, okay, sorry, that's a tangent for later uh, <laughs> recording. Yes. Um, so because as I said, I went to school for recording. I have my own recording setup here cool. and um Pretty much what we've been doing, and I think this is what we're going to keep doing for the foreseeable future, is just home recording because yeah. it's a lot because it's free. It's a lot less stressful mm-hmm. and you can do things at your own pace. You know, mm-hmm. like that's how we're recording this release is just because it also saves on money, too, obviously. And you can yeah. put more of the budget into like mixing and like 
and stuff like that and mm-hmm. promo or whatever. Because if you get, if you know how to record yourself, then you're gonna save so much money, you know. Yeah. yeah and yeah. if you and if you're like a vocalist, just get an SM7B, a DAW, and a good interface, and you're good. You know. Yeah. That's literally all you need. So that's what we've been doing. I'm pretty much what we've been doing is that like the process now is pretty much everyone records on their own. They send me the the tracks, I edit them, and then I send them to Jack for mixing. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I feel like that's a lot more of a streamlined uh, process than what we had in the past. So yeah, sleeping on the floor in a in a yeah, well, <laughs> not, not even not, not even just that, not even just that. But um, one thing that it's a funny story about Mark of the Wolf, and this is obviously nobody's fault, but um, the reason the album took so long was because we got a stroke of bad luck because our engineer who had all the tracks and had everything uh, who was editing everything. He about right when production ended, he had a kid. Ah. He had a kid and he put everything on hold and we didn't, and I'm not joking. We didn't hear from him for like a year. Well, and, but he, he just didn't never sent you your work. Well, he, he didn't, he couldn't, he didn't finish. He didn't finish, wow. which, which again, like, you know, it was very much like a, it was very much like, again, nobody's fault sort of thing. You know, it's just those yeah, things yeah, happen yeah. sometimes. Sure, yeah, but, yeah. but, um, yeah. So one of the things I sort of took it upon myself since then is again, no shade to him at all. He's gr- our old engineer was great, sure, but yeah. I'm just, it was, I'm very much an advocate of if you can do something yourself and do it well, do it, you know? Yeah, and in you. my case, like I, I'm like the reason why we get like Jack, like, when it comes to stuff like mixing and mastering, I think you ha- you should get someone else to do that. Like you shouldn't do that yourself because you're too biased. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like recording and editing, if you know how to do that, do it because that will save you so much time and so much money. And you can yeah. do it at your own pace. You don't have to wait for people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, that's why like now I, we all record on our own and then I have like a master session on my computer and then I, import everything into there and I edit everything. I edit the drums, edit the vocals, all that stuff. And then once that's done, I send it to Jack and he mixes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jack way, also, go on. Oh, sorry. And also, oh, sorry. And, and Jack also sort of acts as like the producer too, because he very mm-hmm. much is very involved in the recording process as well. To the, like, cool. like for example, like for the vocals on this uh, upcoming release, me and him would um have a, like a call on zoom or whatever. And I'd have it on my phone propped up against my TV here. And mm-hmm. while I'm recording, he, there's like a, a software, like a plugin that you could get where if you enter in like a code, someone else can listen to you while you're recording. So he's hearing right. me in real yeah. time, like with like 0.1% latency, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, while I'm yeah. doing it, he'll be like, he's like, Oh, try this. Or, you know, that was, that was sharp or that was flat or do that again or whatever. So mm-hmm. he's doing the producer thing too as well. Cause he's very good at that. So nice. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That was actually what I was about to ask was, oh, I, was really? saying, I was, I was going to say that. So it seemed as if maybe you were really kind of like the producer and, and Jack was the mixer. But then as you've said, like Jack is actually really involved as a producer as well. Oh yeah. Like I, I'd say that the thing with me is that like, I consider him more like me. I, I was in the band. I consider myself more like the writer since I write 99% yeah. of the songs, mm-hmm. but 
I don't trust myself with producing our own stuff because I'm very, right. because I'm some, I'm very, one of the things I've learned doing this is that you need second opinions and third opinions. You need to ask yeah. everybody, everyone who like is in a bit of a higher, like a more experienced position than you. Yeah. You should ask them their thoughts always because yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that like, I don't trust myself with that kind of thing. Cause like, I'm very biased you know so i'm very much like like hell even like if we get a mix mm -hmm. i'm very much the kind of like oh this is great this sounds amazing blah 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 but then i'm like hold on and then i send it to somebody else whether it be one of our one, i'll send it to the guys get their thoughts mm -hmm. or i'll send it to somebody or whatever and they'll point things out and i'll be like huh i never noticed that that's why i'm not the producer <laughs> yeah because i'm yeah, very yeah, much yeah, yeah. like because I'm very much like happy with, um, no, I don't want to say happy with anything, but like, but here's a mix. I'm like, oh man, Jack, he's such a good mixer. This mix sounds so good. But then the people point out, oh, there's that thing there and that thing there and that thing there. So that's why mm -hmm. it's very much why, like, I'm not the producer. <laughs> it's certainly, yeah, as you say, really helpful to um, be open to that collaboration. But I think that's yeah. also a really good attitude to have, especially, especially like when you're, young like it makes so much sense as you say to be like finding mentors which i kind of feel like a lot of creatives you know myself perhaps included i i, I did have taken that attitude as well but you know we might um when we're young kind of feel like we know it all <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean and yeah. like we we don't want anybody to kind of tell us how to do it you know yeah. so i think it's much more positive to have that kind of attitude i think it's good yeah advice. yeah and it's it's also kind of um Sort of, it also kind of stems down to the fact that like even though earlier I was making like the point of like hey you know when you're reaching out to people you know don't fanboy or whatever and mm -hmm. while yes that is still true I'm still very much like you know a lot of these people who I consider friends and colleagues now I am there were people who I looked up to before that you know yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. now whenever I so whenever we have something, I'll always ask like, you know, Bill Hudson, you know, from North tail and he's in Doro's band too. He's a friend of mine. I'll ask him his opinion awesome. and stuff like that. Cause I always, I've, one of the main things I've learned is value the opinion of those who are, who have, have more experience than you mm -hmm. because uh, Lindsay's another one. Like Lin yeah. Lindsay is another one where like, she's very objective about all that stuff. Cause one of the other best pieces of advice I've had, is um bill said this he he always says this is he says he goes he goes um he he says this in relation of talking about about like haters online stuff like that but this could apply to this as well mm -hmm. where he said he goes he goes he's like don't you notice that whenever you get criticized by somebody and i don't mean like constructively criticized like just like insulted or like online or whatever he's like yeah. don't you notice it's always someone who is like not doing as well as you or whatever you know mm -hmm. and so he's like yeah so he's like value he always says value the opinions of those who are higher up than you because he he always told me he goes he's like if um if luca Torilli or timo tolki thinks my playing shit then i mm -hmm. then there's a problem Mm -hmm. but if so if joe blow on facebook facebook comment section thinks my playing <laughs> sucks then you know whatever Sorry, and i man. took that to heart so that's why like that's why i'm very much like thinking of like whenever we have something i'll always go to somebody like that be like hey give me your honest thoughts about this mm -hmm. and 
it, it, and if it's, and if there's a time when, you know, they don't have like a completely positive thing to say, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's very, but it's very much a good thing to hear it from someone like that. Then, you know, then as I said, like then Joe blow on the internet, you know, cause yeah. then, cause then, cause a lot of these more professional guys, they won't, they'll give you constructive criticism and that mm-hmm. is what you'll use. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm very much an advocate of like, like ask people who you like, if there's anybody, you know, who's like in a bigger position than you always ask them for their opinion because their opinion, they're in that position for a reason and their opinion mm-hmm. is very valuable. So mm-hmm. that's, I, that's, I, I do agree with you. I think that's a really good attitude that more people should have in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, fantastic advice. I think that's a re- really good takeaway, man, for a lot of people. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh, definitely great to have that kind of level-headed approach. And I think it's clearly, yeah, it's, it, it, it works for you, man. You're testament to that. So, yeah, <laughs> re- really, really cool stuff. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, you mentioned briefly as well, we were talking about the production. I'm kind of curious now, like, you're the main songwriter. Like what, how does the process go from you, like having an idea to like writing a song to then getting it to that stage where you'd be producing it? Um, well, it, it's always very different with each song actually, but usually what mm-hmm. happens is usually what happens is, um, I will like be playing around. I'll have like a riff or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there are certain things I hear in the music I listen to that I want to include in our stuff. You know, like if mm-hmm. I see a band do something cool that I think is, that I think is cool. They'll be like, okay, I'm going to use that in something like similar in one of our songs, you know, mm-hmm. and try and sort of build around that. It's usually, it's usually, you know, from a riff or a vocal melody or whatever, and then write a song around that and then add different elements that I want to mm-hmm. add that like if they fit, you know, that's that's pretty much it you know it's like um like for example if there is a song like i've always wanted to have like even though we don't have a song yet that 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 this fits in like i've always wanted to have like hurdy-gurdy on a song of ours nice. so oh, yeah. it'll be very much like if i write a song and if i hear it like that kind of thing in my head i'll make that call I'll be like okay yeah we're gonna have hurdy-gurdy in this song you know mm. or stuff like that you know like the, the writing process is very, very different for, for each song for sure. Cause it's, it's very much like a combination of whatever riffs that I liked that I was playing and then whatever music I was listening to at the time, like drawing from that, like different things, like even something as simple as like, I heard a vocalist do this cool technique. I'm going to try that in this song or nice, yeah. something as simple as like, I'm seeing, I'm hearing this band playing these really weird chords, but they sound cool. I'm going to try and use them in a song. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. 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 I'm with you, man. Yeah. Really cool. So I'm kind of curious in terms of like how that ends up working practically. Like, obviously you said you have home recording experience. Are you demoing? Are you using like MIDI instruments as well? Are you playing all the instruments? Like, oh yeah. Like that's, that's, that's always how it is. Like usually with the first stage of demoing for us is that like, well, usually I don't, I actually use guitar pro first right, is I'll write cool. the whole song in guitar pro, like not just the guitars, but they let you write like the drums and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I write the whole song in guitar pro. Cause I find like, I know a lot of people don't like guitar pro, but like it works mm. for me because it lets me hear the music very objectively Yeah. because since guitar pro is all MIDI, you can actually hear 
like what works and what doesn't yeah, everything's clean basically yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying yeah because like if you record demos in a daw and you're like slapping amp simulators on it and stuff then mm. it's hard to get an objective like like listen at it especially when you're hearing a song in your head and sometimes and i know we've all been through this sometimes you know it's not translating the same way in the recording Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, what the hell? I'm hearing it this way. Why does it sound like this? For me, using Guitar Pro gets rid of that. Because mm-hmm. when I write a song, even if I have the, a, a part in my head, I'll write it down and I'll be like, nope, that doesn't work. And then yeah. try that. And then, then usually that's the first step, you know? Or mm-hmm. like if I want to add a weird instrument, then I'll be like, okay, we'll see if this works in here or not, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the first step. And then we go to the actual demoing itself where we'll play like the actual instruments and I'll do like the vocal, like a sort of more laid back version of the, excuse me, a more <laughs> laid back version of the vocals and, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to see what vocal harmonies work, what do, don't doesn't. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we'll have still have some MIDI instruments in there. Like it's kind of hard to demo drums, you know, cause you know, mm-hmm. drums are like one of the few things you have to go to an actual studio for. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, have the mini them. drums in there and then pretty much we'll all work on that. And then once we're happy with, with that, then we'll actually record it for reals, you know? I see. Yeah. Yeah. This is really cool, man. Like, so I'm, I'm always interested about this because I've spoken to a couple of people that have had this kind of process, like using guitar pro or, or something similar. And that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting to me because I've never really done anything like that. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool to be able to kind of compose in that way. But then, like, so you compose it all in MIDI. And and would you say, like, are you, like, playing guitar and you jam around and then yeah. you transcribe that riff? Yes. Or, yeah? Exactly, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, writing everything. Like, Clicking I'm always... everything with a mouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm, I'll, like, I'll always have, like, like, my guitars are, like, right here, right? So I'll always have, like... Nice. I'll always have the guitar in my hand and I always write, I always write the guitar first. Mm-hmm. I think usually in a song and then I'll um, usually use that as the building blocks for everything else. Usually yeah, make riffs and things. And then yeah, like, exactly. And then you can like program the drums in guitar pro, like, yeah. Clicking and I, up, it's not like and I try and program them as close as I think our drummer would play it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. knowing his style, yeah. I'll always try and pro, and then usually when the guitar pro stuff is done, I send it to the guys and I say, "Hey, what do you th- like? He, here you go. What do you think?" And then yeah. usually, like, I I give people pretty free reign over stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah. "Hey, this stuff here, I wrote like the except for the guitars and the vocals because that's obviously like what I do." Yeah, your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like everything else, I'm like, guys, if you can come up with something better, do it. You know, this is just a starting point. You know, so this does, is just does, what I had. Does this is just what use I had guitar in my head. pro? Or like, uh, is everyone using Guitar Pro and like playing around um, with the file, or is this literally uh, like? Actually, me, me, our bassist Stu and our guitarist Andrew use Guitar Pro. Okay. Um, cool. in terms of um, John, we um, in terms of John, he doesn't because he's not a guitar player. But he yeah. um, in his case, I usually just send him like the keyboard minis that I write in there. And then I always give them the same direction. I say, Hey, um, this is just a building block. If you can write something better, or even if you like this, but you can add like a different 
keyboard like a different sound to yeah, it different, yeah, yeah, yeah than what is there and he'd then, send you back and, like the stems or whatever yeah exactly yeah it's yeah, usually yeah. just with the stems like so like for example like one of the songs that's going to be on the next release i wrote it originally to be more orchestral and i had like cool. in the demo i had like strings and and two and like tuba and stuff like that like i wanted it to be nice. but then i sent it to him i said hey if you can come up with something better do it and he replaced all that with like AOR keyboards and it strangely worked a lot better. Nice. So That's I was like, cool. yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what you want. Again, it's that collaborative spirit. That's cool, man. So, mm. but you're like composer. So you're, you basically just like rack up these instrumental MIDI guitar pro demos. And then you kind of go through them to be like, okay, which, which, what's a good song? What should we like make a, demo in a door of yeah exactly pretty much and it's like because i'm always writing down whenever i even come up with a riff i'll always write it down in guitar pro and yeah, okay. um yeah and then usually in that case it's very much like i send the song to the guys and i say to them hey uh this is the new song uh learn it and change whatever you think yeah. is could be changed you know that's from in, the in, terms of, in terms of like thing. their instrument like the guitars mm. and vocals again since they're on my end i'm the ones that usually has the final say on stuff like that yeah but um but everything else like the bass the drums the keyboards and even with our other guitar player andrew his his solos yeah I'm very, solos, like yeah. i always leave the solo part blank yeah because yeah, i'm like yeah, here yeah. you know you write your Clean own slate. obviously yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's cool so okay so basically everyone learns their parts from they learn the song from the from the midi demo and yeah, exactly. then and then we'll track their part to send to you and then you'll kind of start putting it into i and i guess you're like bouncing the midi from the demo for like the drums and stuff like yeah, that. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah cool okay and then so yeah all right you all piece it together into a demo that's a cool process but but yeah. then do you end up recording everything again from that demo or does that demo kind of turn into the final yeah. depends depends Mm -hmm. so yes we'll start off recording everything again for real because the demos are mainly there to be like okay uh to experiment like okay this yeah. works this doesn't blah blah but then when we were go to record for realsies there are times <laughs> where like for example i'll go to record the vocals and i don't know what's going on but the vocals and the demo sound better so I'll sometimes oh, yeah, just yeah, end yeah, up yeah. just using those, you know, uh -huh. or even just parts, you know, like yeah. if there's like a, a certain part where in the demo sounds better than I'm doing it now, yeah. then I'll just use that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a little backing vocal and things like that. Yeah, well, exactly. Especially. So it's, it's yeah. very much like the demos we will draw from the demos. If, if it's necessary, mm. like if, as I said, like if a part in the demo sounds better than for some reason, you you know how recording is, you know, it's like some days mm -hmm. it's, you know, some days you're like, man, what the hell? I did this yeah, like yeah. a month ago. Why can't I do it right now? You know, yeah. you, yeah, you yeah. when you're recording, you forget how to play your instrument. It's you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, usually, so, so it's very much like a sort of a, we record everything again, but if, and we do it, try and do it the best we can. But if, if the demo sent, if parts in the demo sound better, then we'll end up just using those as well. So, mm -hmm. so it's sort of a mixture, pretty much. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you mentioned like, so do you have like program drums for the demo and then you get your, do you, do you, does your drummer then record live drum parts or do you just? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
we'll see our that's been a really weird thing with us because um not to get into this too much because this has nothing to do with music but our current drummer uh during the pandemic is a bit hard because he's um he's from greece originally but he lives Mm -hmm. here well he lived here but you know because of like border issues and immigration issues and stuff like that he was he was in greece for the whole pandemic and Mm -hmm. um still i think he still is actually so pretty much with this process was he actually has since he's from there originally he has his friend has a recording studio there so i send them the the tracks like his friend and then his friend sets up the session for the drums and sends me the drum tracks Mm -hmm. and all that stuff you know wow you guys really are an international band now then (laughs) yeah yeah well but 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 that's more of like an unfortunate situation just because he did live like we played gigs together like he did live here it's just very much a a covid slash immigration uh problem Mm -hmm. yeah fair dues i'm sure that's been a headache (laughs) yeah um uh, what, but what about your guitars? Like, are you recording like through amps at home through amp sims or are you getting like Jack to reamp stuff? What, what, what's the deal? There? Uh, very much digital. Like we, we record cool. all the guitars into right into the DAW, like DI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of go with amp simulators or reamping and stuff like that. Just because I, it's funny because I know a lot of people nowadays, like people, love to criticize like the modern way of recording stuff but (laughs) i'm thinking like but but it's it's such a funny situation to me because it's like yeah you criticize it but like all the bands you listen to do it though you know like every everybody now is like oh why don't people use real amps anymore and stuff like that i'm (laughs) like well because a lot of these amp simulators and stuff like that just have a much cleaner sound like if you if you go see almost any band live now they don't even have amps on stage anymore. You know, yeah, it's very much just because digital amps just sound so much nicer to the human ear they were, and yeah, you don't they, have any, and you don't have to carry them either. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to carry them. And they also have like, they've since they're digital, they've already cut out all the undesirable frequencies, you know, yeah. that yeah, a regular yeah, yeah. amp would have. Now, if you're a band that has a certain sound, like if you're like a trad metal band that you're trying to sound like a seventies band, like if you're, trying to sound like Uriah Heep or something, you know, or you're a stoner metal band and you really want like that raw sound. If you're a black metal band, I get it. If you're using like the, the actual amps and stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I feel like for genres like power metal, everyone does the same thing. It's very much, you know, you have to try and get the most clean sound you can. And that's Mm -hmm. the way to do it. And, you know, everyone loves to make fun of like, Oh, it's overproduced, overproduced. I'm just like, yeah, but like, that's everything nowadays on like for better or for worse, you know, Exactly. again, yeah, as you say, you, it's, it's a hard line because like, it's all well and good being like, Oh, you don't want to sound the same as everything else, but then you don't want to sound worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's, sort of, it's a fine, it's a fine line because, um, mm-hmm. everybody now, you know, it's like, Oh, um, like, you know, people always praise bands, like obviously and rightfully so like obviously bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, but mm-hmm. all their modern records all sound like that, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very much like it's it's about evolving with the times, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I re- like I remember like there's like a band, there's some people that I know who like they're like you're like, oh man, whatever happened to like recording the tape, you know, and the old school <laughs> sound and shit like that. And I'm just yeah, thinking, well, 
honestly, and to be brutally honest, that's just kind of pointless now. That's just all this oh, extra man. work for what, you know? And mm-hmm. besides, there are plugins now that will give you the tape sound if you really yeah, want it yeah, that much, you exactly. know? It's the, like the it's digital like it's, analog sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, um, like recording to something like tape now, honestly, it's just a huge waste of money and time because yeah, yeah. Because it's like a, you- a hobbyist approach. Like if you want to yeah. do that for fun or whatever, like you get some sort of pleasure out of that experience. Cool. But yeah, yeah. it's not practical. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very much like, and also I was, and also it's one of those things where, cause I know there are bands. There was one band that I know uh, around here who they did do that. They recorded mm-hmm. to tape. And um, because they were very much like one of those like a new wave of traditional metal bands who they really wanted. They were like, they're like sort of a mixture between that and like doom metal. So they really wanted um, that sort of like candle massy kind of old, like first few albums, candle massy kind of sound. I love this. But (laughs) in reality, yes, they recorded to tape, but they ran the whole thing through a DAW though, because yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like, and they mixed it in a DAW too. And I was, so I'm of just course. like, well then, you know, what was the point of that? Yeah. 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 That's it. I know that for sure. I've, I've seen where the producers that debate this, it's normally ends up being either digital or hybrid at best, you know, because yeah. end, it ends up being digital at some point. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've obviously touched on it a bit, but like, you know, what's next for the band? You've kind of mentioned a, a release that you've got coming up. What's what's next for the band? What's next for you and other things that that you're doing? Yeah, all that stuff. Well, yeah. So in terms of all that, we're recording a new release. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be out this year. It's not going to be an album, but um, okay. it's going to be more of like more of an EP probably. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna pretty much the plan for this year is to really get into stuff like touring and stuff like that, and get back okay, into playing cool. live more because this past year we only played live once. And it was at yeah, a, yeah. it was a good show. It was at a festival, mm-hmm. actually. Nice. It was at a, a, it wasn't even in our hometown. It was at a power metal festival over in Vancouver called Hyperspace. Wow. And that Vancouver. was a, That's quite and that was a really, really amazing experience playing. That was our nice. very first festival we've ever played on. So the, yeah, what's awesome. next for us this year is it's a new release. We're going to start recording album number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be focusing a lot on touring. We got booked on a, um, on a U.S. festival, so it'll be our first time playing in the states. Cool. We got booked on a U.S. festival called Blades of Steel, mm-hmm. where we're playing with like we're playing the headliners. It's like Flotsam and Jetsam and Riot and uh, nice. some of the old school U.S. band melodic U.S. bands like that. We're gonna be doing like a tour around that. We're gonna be doing some more states stuff. We have to get visas, right? So we have to plan as much as we can to do to do as much as we can in terms of mm-hmm. playing live this year. Nice. And uh, yeah, in terms of the band, there's that we're just, we're going to focus on putting out more content. Like that's sort of like my, my new year's resolution for myself is to put uh, out more content. Cool. Cause I, it's one of those things where I want to, but it's like one of those things where I'm still, I'm trying to figure out how to go about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to try and we're going to do, try and do a video of some sort for every single song on the nice. next release. Um, do lots of different things with um try and explore different avenues like twitch and discord and all this other stuff mm. um and in terms of just me personally um same thing it's just putting out more content i'm going to be putting out just doing more 
vocal covers, more collaborative stuff. You know, mm. I'm just going to just doing as much as we can to get our names out there in every conceivable way we can. We're going to, I'm going to start doing the, the Wolfpack live again soon. Awesome. I just took a break from it for a while because mm-hmm. I, I find doing a show like that, despite the fact that it's fun, mm-hmm. it does get tiring when you do yeah, it all sure. the time because it's like mm-hmm. you're talking to some, it's also like people's schedules and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, just overall, it's just, we're going to try and focus this year more on touring and putting out content, putting out the new release, recording the new, the album number two and um, trying to reach as many new people as we can. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really positive that it's going to be a great year for you guys. Yeah, I think. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I really think so too. Yeah, it's awesome. I, th- I think that you've done a great job with it, and I, I think that there, there is, you know, you've got a bit of a buzz going for sure. And, and I've, you know, seen you popping up here, there, and everywhere for a while. So, yeah, I think, I think you've done really good work. I think you've built a fantastic foundation. Like it feels like, feels thanks, like it's man. ready to. And, I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited for people to hear the new release because it's very different from Mark of the Wolf, actually. Like, it still sounds cool. like us, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it still sounds like Lycanthro, but it's very much like adding a lot of new elements to, the, to the, it. Like, it's like all keyboards, like all the way through, like John playing on all the songs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's very mm-hmm. much like power metal with AOR keyboards and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And it's great. We got, I'm not, I can't say who, but we got two really good guests for it. Awesome. And uh, I'll you'll hear it here first, folks. I got uh, I'll give you a hint for one of them though. Oh, uh, cool. One of the guests that we're having on the next uh, release was on Woods of Wonder. Oh, <laughs> well, that's cool. You've got like a one in a million uh, <laughs> chance yeah. of getting getting them then. Or about, <laughs> yeah, all about, the people that are on yeah, that album <laughs> about thirty odds. Yeah, so th- yeah. there's a lot of them. Yeah, but it cool. was it was one of the people on who was on Woods of Wonder when. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited for that. So nice. It, That's cool. Yeah. So um, other than that, we're just doing that. And again, like trying to be able to not only just reach out and develop a, a bigger fan base, but also just be able to do what we always do and sort of develop as good a relationship we can with, with different people, whether it be industry people or other bands or people we look up to and this, this and that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah well, just, you know, just, doing the grind this year wicked oh i'm excited to uh to be with you on that journey man and, and following you along you know i'm really looking forward do you, do you have an indicator as to when that release might be out or is that something we're gonna we're aiming for fall we're aiming for fall okay. for it to be out so right, we're because cool. um blades of steel the festival that we're on in the states is end mm-hmm. of september mm-hmm. so we want to try and release it around the same time as we're okay. on tour so I, I figured that'd be a good time. So sounds good. Sounds good. And mm-hmm. in terms of like maybe quickly, we could touch on some of these other projects that you're working on. I know we exchanged a couple of messages about like um, you've been doing like some sort of composing work as well. Yes. Yes. Um, well, that is mainly because so obviously, you know, people always love to joke about how like, Oh, you know, musicians don't make any money and stuff like that. <laughs> nowadays, you know, people always like to joke, make jokes about that, yeah. but it's one of the things where like, I really thought that like, I've really recently had to think about, okay, like what am I going to do to make actual like decent money while doing this? Yeah. And 
one of the things that, so my best friend from high school, mm-hmm. uh, he works in Toronto in film actually, mm-hmm. because cool. that's how, because, how, because me and him became friends. Cause we were both, you know, the, the, the dream, the chasing the dreams, you know, yeah, where me and nice. him, he's like, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be a musician, you know, nice, cool, and man. he's working in Toronto now, uh, on, in film, big stuff too. Wow, and, cool. um, he was telling me he's tr- been trying to encourage all of us to do film with him. Cause he says, guys, this is the best job to have if you're a creative because nice. film, there's so much budget for everything nowadays. You no know, TV shows are like hundreds of millions of dollars in like yeah. budget wise, you know? Yeah, so Netflix he said, yeah, series, like yeah. if you're a creative in this field, you'll make money. It takes mm-hmm. a while, but you will. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I can do composing for film. Mm-hmm. So like, that's one of the things I literally went to school for. Yeah, so cool. I've been looking down the career Avenue of doing music for film. And I've already nice. gotten like a couple, I've already gotten a couple of gigs doing that, which has been great. And uh, mm-hmm. like I'm working, I'm doing the music for a, um, there's an upstart animation studio here in Ottawa. And they're called bards on the margins. And cool, it's so. very much like, um, they have a really like unique business model that I've never heard of anywhere having, but I thought it was cool was um, they were, were made, were in the process of making a, an animated web series, sort of like an anime style thing. Yeah. And it's based off uh, a D and D campaign that the, that the main uh, producer and his son wrote. Nice. So we're making wow. a, a series based on that. It's like your typical, like, high fantasy sort of anime style thing. And uh, I've been I got hired to do the music for that, which has been really fun. And um, I also got, I can't divulge too much about it, but like I got hired to be on a film recently because of my friend, thankfully because of my friend, his connections, I got hired to do music for an actual like full length movie now, Mm. which has been, which is really great. So it's pretty much just, it's pretty much, it's pretty much a career option. I've been, I've been exploring to make it like my actual, like main means of income. Yeah. That's man. That's awesome. Like, are you a fan of soundtracks? Yeah. Like more, more or less like, um, like more or less like, like not just like movies, but like video gamey stuff too. Like I love anything Mm. that, um, uh oh crap i forgot his name now the guy who did all the final fantasy music yeah 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 I know. you know what i'm talking about i forgot his of name course. now though yeah uh, exactly i'm i'm not i'm not gonna try and uh butcher it off off the top of my head either but i know yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah yeah but um but yeah no like stuff like that and um you know like Hans zimmer and stuff like that you know the typical stuff of course but, but, yeah, yeah. but also but also like for me my approach it's very much like whatever the director or the producer or the boss, whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just adapt, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, like for example, um, the film that I'm on, like they wanted much more like a synth way. It's like, it's, they want the, they want more like a synth wavy kind of thing. So I've been like trying to listen to a lot of like the midnight and perturbator and stuff like that. Just to get cool. more of an idea of, of, um, of that kind of thing. So, and so when you sit down to like score something like that, are you hitting up Guitar Pro again as your first point of call? Uh, not for this, actually. For this, I mainly just, usually what I do is that on in my DAW, I have a big, you know, 
library of different sounds, everything from orchestral to synth wave and every and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And usually I just kind of figure out like what they want, like whatever they're describing to me, whether it be the director, producer, whoever, mm-hmm. and just whatever comes to mind, I just put down. And then usually, usually how it goes is that, you know, it's usually like the way I view this is that when it comes to like, like Canthro, it's very much since that's like the passion project, that's very yeah. much, you know, I'm very hypercritical of stuff like that, you know, yeah. as we all are. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like the film thing, it's very much like whenever they're happy, you know, it's very yeah. much like, I'm Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to write a few stuff things. I'm not going to think about it too much. And mm-hmm. then if they like it, then we'll use it. If not, I'll make the changes that they like, you know, it's, yeah. it's very much like it's, it's very much a um, still creative, but very much in the sense of like, I'm writing to what they want, not what I want, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, this is very much more like the, the job side of yeah. it, like getting a job with music and yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. Cause I figured that cool like, job. yeah, yeah. And that's, again, that's what I'm trying to explore as a career because as I said, my, the one thing that I, I've heard a lot of people online say, and it's true, is that, you know, you're in a band and you put out albums and you tour and you do all this stuff because you love to do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's been your, yeah, like, your, it's your totally dream, right? right? It's mine for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you want to actually go into music to make money, yeah, go into film. That's the only place now where you can make mm-hmm. money doing music, like, in, to be brutally honest, you know, like, if you want to make actually money to make a living, then you have mm-hmm. to go into film, mm-hmm. whatever, whenever, whether that be scoring or sound editing or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's, it's all in film because unfortunately, like as we were talking about earlier, when it comes to music, a lot of the bigger band, not even a lot of the bigger bands don't even make that much money anymore. Uh, yeah, but in sure. film, all these, even like, even a small indie film will have like, like a cup, like, will have like a $50,000 yeah, budget or 60 or a hundred thousand dollar budget, you know? Yeah. Things so, that don't exist in the record music world. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those numbers <laughs> don't even exist in, in the yeah, record yeah, industry yeah. anymore. And like the unless, unless, your name, unless your name is Metallica, but yeah, well then you can do what you want, but yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But, but it's pretty much where like, if you want to be able to have a, a career doing music and actually making a living doing it, then it's all in film. So yeah. I'm trying to do my best to be able to get, uh, to get in on that. That's cool. Yeah. And, and it sounds great. Like, again, it's, it's a friendly connection, you know, a, a good friend of yours and the relationship that you've maintained that has opened yeah. that door. Well, so again, I, I yeah. always joke because I always used to joke about him saying you owe me because I, I got him his first film job. Oh, cool. <laughs> because, wow, because nice. there was a, there was a local filmmaker here in Ottawa. His name is Brett Kelly. And the reason I mentioned his name, it's because he's a little, he lives down the road from me and he's very infamous because he's known for directing the film that for a short while on IMDb dethroned the room as the worst film ever made. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Jurassic shark? Uh, I, I feel like I can picture <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah. So I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, the the director of Jurassic Shark lives about five minutes from me. <laughs> and but here's the Shark. thing, though, like contrary to what people like to say, you know, about like oh, those terrible films, you know, blah blah. They're still very knowledgeable and very talented. 
because those kinds of one thing that he explained to me once, he's like, there's a market for people who want to see, just get drunk and watch it, shitty films. Uh, like, yeah, a they're really, there's a big market for it. I think. Man. Yeah. He, he was telling me like <laughs> yeah. he has, he has a wife and two kids and he's been able to support them on just that, you know, yeah, of yeah, making yeah. these really cheesy ass freaking movies. You and know? That's fun, right? That's pretty yeah, and fun he's, to just come out with wacky ideas, you know? Yeah. And he's very knowledgeable. Like he's very, he knows like as yeah. much as people like to criticize film, like he knows yeah. what he's doing. You know, a lot he knows of these people, how to make a good film. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like a lot of the stuff that people perceive as bad, they're intentional. They're meant to be there to 100%. get a rise out of people. You know, that's it. Like, as they say, there's like, there's no, you know, there's no like such thing as bad publicity. It's like, you know, if you're somewhere in the middle where nobody cares, it's indifferent. That's the yeah. worst. Yeah, but if exactly. you make a really good movie or a really terrible one, you're, you're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the, and the thing with film is that my friend who, um, I got him his first film job was because this director, Brett, um, he used to, uh, so uh, me and my family, again, this didn't, it unfortunately closed because of the pandemic, but me and my family used to run a rehearsal studio here in Ottawa. All oh, the local bands cool. used to come and rehearse at our place. Oh man, a, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and this guy, Brett, he had a, a hair metal tribute band. Oh yeah. They used to come and rehearse there too. <laughs> like Steel and me and him, style. <laughs> yeah. And me and him um bonded because I love hair metal, you know. So me and him yeah, bonded cool over man. a lot of that stuff. And he told me he was a filmmaker and I got my friend his first job doing film uh -huh. with him. So I always wow. used to joke with him saying, Yeah, you owe yeah, me, you man. Owe me. And then eventually the other day it's paid I was I, I was yeah. at my uh, I was at my old job and I literally get a call in the middle of my shift and I Deny it. I said, sorry, man, I'm at work. I can't talk right now. And he goes, he goes, no, bro, it's urgent. Call me right now. Like, this is important. And I'm like, all right. And then I go, <laughs> he goes, I got you a film. I got you a job doing music. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Wow. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. That's so, so cool, man. So he, he, so he finally returned the, he finally returned the favor. <laughs> that's so cool. Are you going to be doing that all like remote from home or do yeah. you go into a studio or? Well, well the music, yes, we'll be doing it remotely from home. Mm. But um, from what my friend told me with how, cause again, he works on a lot of these like big budget stuff now. Like he's in like the yeah. union and he got into like, um, He's working on like these different shows for like Netflix and Amazon Prime now, yeah, which is yeah, nuts. Yeah. And he pretty much told me he goes, he pretty much said he, it's like, yeah, it's mostly remote. But he goes, hey, like at some point he might ask you to come to Toronto for something, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. whether That's to be cool. on the set for whatever reason or for, you know, for something. So he might ask you to come and be on the set for whatever reason, which I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that, you know? Yeah, cool. Yeah, you just get to hang out and be like, yeah, I'm the music guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty much it pretty much like I think maybe it'll be like just because he like might want to like see how like the scenes are shot, see how the scenes are shot because that might give me a better idea of what the music will yeah. be in each scene or whatever. So That's cool, man. Yeah, how so long we'll, do you anticipate working on a project like that? Like to score that um, film? How long Probably going to be like well, the music or the film, the whole film itself. In terms of your part, like in terms of the workload that you're going to have to do. To I think to maybe like three or four months, I think. Cool. So because I think because he wants stuff in chunks, right? Yeah. So okay. he'll be like, yeah, I want this part of the film scored and then this part and then this part, you know, so it's very okay. much working in like, I, I think it's very much working in like anywhere between five to like 
Yeah, it's like working in like more like five minute chunks almost because yeah, okay. you know because obviously we've like all seen scenes. movies. The whole movie isn't scored, right? You know, so uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. much like okay, I need a score for this part of the film, and then I need one for this part of the film. You know, so yeah, 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 cool, yeah, yeah, because a lot of it is like ambience and sound yeah. design and things like that. Is that somebody else's job? That no, that no, no. Well, I, the sound design, oh. yes, sound design, mm-hmm. yes. But like in terms of like. The actual musical side of things it's all it's all me so it's That's like cool, even man. like some amb- like even if there's a scene and there's like wants some ambience in it i would do that too so cool even if it's something simple as like oh like one keyboard note really low underneath the characters talking dialogue yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. just stuff like that right yeah i i remember speaking to nathan from blood of indigo you know oh guys, yeah. Right? yeah yeah and he's told me that he scored a film once but he literally like he had to do all of the sound for the entire movie and so he had to do like there was a typewriter and he had to have the sample of the oh, typewriter yeah. and he had to align that and everything oh and yeah, yeah. well I, i've done very that very meticulous i've done that too uh because when i again when i was in recording school one of the for classes the was yeah. was audio for video and we had to do that yeah. before yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. much like we have to like and with that kind of thing you got to get creative you know like for example yeah. like if you have like you have to put like your microphone up to like your keyboard and then just start typing randomly and then <laughs> the thing that the level of precision that i remember we had to do is there was a scene where in this little mock scene that we did in school where a character is typing on a computer and what i had to do was i had to in the daw i had to go frame by frame and every time you see his his one of his fingers, he's, he's you know, you know in a film, you know, they're doing that, right? You know, they're like yeah, just pretending course, yeah. to type, right? Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. it's like the hacker in like a heist movie, you know, it's like it's like <laughs> but we had to yeah. slow it down, the footage down, and every single no. time his finger hit the keyboard, you had to put a sound there. And then at the end, it sounds like he's going, you know, he's like typing really yeah. really fast when it's reality, all just some random noise, but yeah, it took so much more than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that sounds meticulous. Yeah. No, much better to do what you're doing and just like, just get to do the music. Yeah, yeah really exactly. Cool, like I, I expect at some point I'll have to do sound design too, which I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to do. I thought it was really fun when I did it. So yeah, that's cool, man. Cool. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah. Best of luck with that, man. I'm, I'm, I would love to hear your, uh, the results of that, man. I bet it'll be really cool. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm really excited to, uh, explore this new career path for sure yeah cool man well dude we've been talking for a good while now man i i think that like is there anything else in particular that you'd like to get in there um uh for everybody who's watching go follow us on all of our social medias youtube facebook instagram all that stuff um follow this fine gentleman and uh love anarchy (laughs) records and all that stuff and um Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It was fun to finally have a long form chat with you after a while. And yeah, I appreciate man. the opportunity. And uh, yeah. Cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And stay metal, my friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creating a Universe. Special thanks to James for joining me. I really enjoyed this chat. Be sure to check out James and Lycanthro at linktr.ee forward slash Lycanthro1. Links will be in the show notes. That's all for this one. I'll see you next time.